0: Pretty
1: good to live in a swing state, huh? And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr.
0: Stone Gutter. Fucking Cameron in the truck. Mr. Boom Gasper, You can call me Al, you can call me Ed, you just just fucking call me, why don't you?
1: Hello, hello again, and welcome back to the Live on Four Legs podcast, the Pearl Jam Live experience. Randy Sobel, Matthew Helbig, and our sixth, our fifth and sixth leg, Stephen Maintan, is here today. Hello, folks. How are you doing? Hello. Hello.
2: Doing good. Steve back in the house.
1: Yes. Very excited, and I'm glad everything is going well, and we missed you last week. Yeah, I'm sorry I had to miss it. Yeah, you, you missed three hours of that, and <laughs> it could have been a lot longer with uh, with all of what you had to say. But that was a fun show, and I think we got a lot of good feedback on that. So um, um, any, anything that – did you listen to the – did you get a chance to listen to it? Or? I,
3: I have not gotten a chance to listen to it. School has been kicking my butt this weekend, so I have uh, <laughs> been nose to the books. So I
1: have not listened to any podcasts, really, unfortunately. Smart man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you have, before we start on today, do you have anything, uh, kind of from the last episode that you want to bring to the table here? Just, you know, your, you know, the, your lasting memory of it, I suppose.
3: The one, I'm sure you guys covered it super well. The one thing I will,
1: um, bring up the one like
3: pretty cool story, um, that I wanted to, to mention was, uh, our friends Suzette and, and Sabelle, um, who we've mentioned, I think previously on the, on the podcast. Um, we sure have. Uh, Suzette, if I remember correctly, actually dressed up as uh, Bugs for the show, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sabelle, if I remember correctly, was Satan's bed, and they played both of those songs, which was pretty awesome. Um, uh, so shout out to those two because that was that was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what did you what did you dress
3: up as? Um, I dressed up as a Pearl Jam fan, if I
1: remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> you you went with a superman t-shirt I should have, yeah, and a washed hat <laughs> a washed color <laughs> yeah. hat yep uh a little coke bottle uh glasses and um uh, and maybe jeans
2: and uh sneakers i was thinking maybe some kind of like khaki shorts or something maybe
1: october i don't know october steve is shorts and october guy no I, i'm pretty sure it's jeans
2: i've i've noticed that uh a lot of the times with the way people dress at Pearl Jam shows or like Dave Matthews band shows, there's really not much of a difference. It could be the middle of January and they're still like, I'm going to go with the khaki shorts.
1: That's a very Dave thing to do. <laughs> but I've, I've
2: seen it at Pearl Jam shows, though, too. It, it, I think it, uh, it they don't discriminate.
1: That is very true. Not only that, but it, it's cargo for them. It's always cargo.
2: There you go. It's yep. That's, that's, uh, I'm pretty sure Eddie probably still wears those as well.
3: I was just going to say, well, if you want to be in the Pearl Jam, you know, mindset, you've got to wear the Eddie Vedder outfit with the cargo shorts and the uh, the flannel shirt for sure.
2: The high socks, <laughs> the high socks, easy, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yes, <laughs> yes, I love it. It's like the um, uh, the Seinfeld joke that uh, your your father, you always know. Uh, your when your father has your best his best year based on the clothes that, that he wears because he always <laughs> wears the clothes of his last best year. Yeah, yeah. yes, and
2: exactly. he carries it out through the through, till the <laughs> right. end. Yeah, exactly. Right. They hold. He says, "What is it? They hold on to that decade forever, right?" Or <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yep.
1: <laughs> I guess. Uh, I guess my my best year was what, like 2000, 2010 or something. So I haven't. I, again, I my cargo shorts. Yeah. are all the same from those years. So maybe maybe I'm at 32 Had my best year.
3: I'm not, I'm not sure what these uh, greatest American underoos say, greatest American hero underoos <laughs> say about me, then. That's, that's
1: not good. Um, <laughs> you were born in what, like 79, 78. Yeah, 78. So your best year was 1980. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, perfect, it. yep.
3: Perfect, perfect,
4: <laughs> perfect.
1: All right, so let's uh, let's get into a little bit of what we're doing today. And what we're doing is, well, I wouldn't call it important, but the message, the overall message that we're trying to send is important. And it's not just important, but we do want to send a message that we're not trying to pick sides, play favorites, tell you what to do in uh, the upcoming Tuesday election. We are just covering a Pearl Jam show. And while maybe little hints of our bias will come in, here and there we're going to do do our best to try to make this a show for everybody that's you know conservative and liberal alike and that's where we are we are covering today Reading, pennsylvania the vote for change tour uh from 2004 so both of you guys were in attendance
2: yeah um steve and i uh we made the uh what the uh Two and a half hour, hundred and thirty mile drive from New York City to Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, that's
1: not a bad drive. You know, I was,
3: was going to um, say I think, it's, I think it's a little further. We also left from the city, not from Long Island.
2: So, right, we left from New York City, and yeah. uh, okay, then. we played. Um, uh, we rotated Riot Act and uh, and um, American Idiot the entire ride. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, Steve, I believe we might have like just bought. American idiot maybe that day for it i i, I it was very fresh yeah. i actually hadn't even listened to it yet i we listened to it on the car ride there
3: yeah i do believe it was within within that week if it wasn't that day you're exactly right
2: yeah it was definitely the first time i had i had listened to the album and then it was probably the album i listened to every day for for like that entire year after that
1: yeah i actually that that was the year i was trying to think of it now when i saw Green Day because it was the same month October 2004 that I saw them I think it was maybe the day that we are recording this the day before Halloween it might be exactly 14 years ago today that I saw oh, wow. Green Day at a, a Continental Airlines Arena and that was the only time I've ever seen them but man you want to see a, a show they put on a show they don't just they don't just perform for you they 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 put on it's entertainment, you know? Um, so yeah, the, this was the first, this was the first show of the vote for change tour. And this is kind of what kicked it off. And throughout all three of these shows, they, um, they three, six of these shows, I was going to say, I'm thinking three because three bands played, uh, uh, Tim Robbins band, uh, Gob Roberts opened up for him, uh, as well as death camp for cutie. But this, it wasn't just them. This was going on kind of all over the country with the swing states here. Uh, the same night, he'll say it a bunch of times, uh, REM and Bruce were both playing in Philly, I believe, that night, um, along with somebody else like Dave Matthews was in Pennsylvania. I think the idea was that everybody was in the same state all at the same time. And while Bruce was was probably in Philly and, and Pearl Jam in Redding. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe R.E.M. was in Pittsburgh. I didn't do that extensive research on it, but um, that's what it seemed to be like. And and you go down the line, and it's, it, it is a who's who of liberal uh, rock stars, so to speak. Uh, Springsteen, R.E.M., Dave Matthews, Neil Young, John Fogerty, John Mellencamp, the Dixie Chicks, James Taylor... And everybody else, again, you know, notable names, uh, Jurassic five, I think was one of them. They were a popular, uh, r- uh hip hop group at the time. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of, this was a, a period of time that really opened up a can of worms that, you know, um, people were really pissed off in this country and, you know, we, Matt, you and I were both very young and kind of, you know, seeing this stuff happen for the first time. And really this is stemming off their reaction from nine 11. Like what, you know, what was your, what was your take on all this? Cause I, I mean, I have a billion takes, but I'm going to get to Matt first and I'll get to Steve who, you, I mean, you were an adult kind of at the time. So, <laughs> uh,
2: I guess my take on it, um, looking back now, uh, you know, uh, I guess we kind of had opinions back then, but we were young, so I don't know what our opinions would mean today, or if we were even informed enough, but I guess looking back and looking back on the show, and like you said, everyone playing around and trying to swing these states, uh, pun intended, I I wish it had worked more. Um, (laughs)
4: uh,
2: So unfortunately, it it didn't. Um, We got a Pearl Jam show out of it, but um, I guess wishing it had worked uh makes me nervous for kind of the the uh the condition that we're in now um uh, but you know what I think I think there might be more people that are even angrier now but I I guess uh we'll have to see
1: Steve being an adult a tax paying adult at the mm-hmm. time what I mean you you're you know when it comes to politics you know you're you're outspoken as it is but during this time how are how are you feeling
3: so, man, that's a tough question, Randy. So, um, a lot of people don't, well, you especially, Randy, you might not remember this, but um, uh, the way I was raised, I was, this was actually sort of a time frame because, you know, Matt and I are brothers, but uh, we don't have the same dad. Uh, so, my political background came a lot from my dad's side of things. Uh, and I was raised and grew up very in a very conservative, uh, right-wing Republican mindset. Um, and this was this was the time frame when I was transitioning from right to left, um, and uh, it was really difficult <laughs> because <laughs> uh, because you know it was uh, I was a fairly recent college graduate. I've been out for what I guess what is this 2000 four four yeah yeah so i've been out for for about four years um and i kind of changed political affiliations probably two years before this but you know with the anger and stuff that came after 9-11 i kind of got pulled back into that right wing mindset of you know just being angry all the time um and this was uh trying to um you know my anger was kind of switching around now to wait a minute, you know, I'm angry at the people who attacked our country, but what the hell do the people in Iraq have to do with that at Mm -hmm. all? (laughs) As as David Cross said in his, in his standup from around this time was those people have fucked with us. Never. (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) like uh, what, what are we doing here? We've, you know, we've completely lost sight of, you know, what's important and not only in this like conflict, but sort of as a country, right? Like, you know, we're not protecting people anymore. Now we're just, I don't even know you know what we were doing, you know? Um, so it was a, it was a pretty tough time, uh, for, for me to, to go through this stuff at this time. And, um, I, I just remember, uh, a, a lot of frustration. Um, but then, uh, you know, it seemed like when they had, the, Eddie will mention the debates during the show, but it seemed like there was so much momentum for this, for this change to come um, that it was as much frustration and anger and things like that is where there was also this like hope uh, that things were going to get better. And, you know, Pearl Jam is on our side. Maybe we can make this happen. Um, all of that was going on as well. It was just a crazy time.
1: Yeah. And look, I mean, we've been kind of waiting for this moment uh, next week. Uh, we've been waiting for this for two years just to see what will happen. And even in that two years, what was going to happen to lead up to this? Were, you know, were people going to be passionate about uh, about it once this time came along? And and it seems as though I I had never voted in a midterm election before. It was just not something that was ever on my radar. Uh, and this is I, I voted last year. I'm not counting that as a midterm, but even so, that was the first time I had ever voted when it wasn't a presidential election. Right. This is the first time uh, I'm going to be voting for midterms and making sure that you know Connecticut has the governor I want and the senator I want. Uh, don't don't mind my dog uh, drinking water in the background. Um, <laughs> he's he's a little thirsty. Uh, um. I'm just going to wait for him to step. <laughs> He's very thirsty.
2: It's, it's cute.
1: You picked a good time to do that, bud. And he goes back to his bed as he hobbles away. Bye. Matt says bye. <laughs> um, where was I? Uh, yeah, so midterm elections. Uh, you know, it. I haven't even thought about it. Beforehand, and now that we're kind of in this mindset that we can really change what's going on in this country, if it if we don't agree with it, as pertains to to uh, you know not just Trump but everything else around him, and even things like the the Brazilian president that just got elected, you know that's kind of it's very much a trickle down. From what Trump was, it's very much a far far right wing uh, um, presidency that that's going to be in office in Brazil, and that that those are those are the kind of things that open up the door for that. So I guess you know, in my eyes, I'm I'm thinking that you know now this is this is the time, this is the time that I'm really engaged. I'm learning a lot about what the people I'm voting for are actually going to do for the state, for this country. And, uh, and even at the time, I don't, I don't think it was, you know, Matt, you said it best. We just weren't, we had the right idea, the right mindset. We just weren't educated about it enough. Um, You know, I came from a Jewish, Liberal family, and um, you know, my dad did not like George W. Bush, uh, and I heard about it every day. And the more (laughs) that my dad talked about it, the more I hated the guy because it was pissing off my dad. And I never grew up, you know, favoring war or anything like that. I, I I still to this day, I'm very anti-war, and it's that's just who I am. But um, at the time, I, I, I felt like America was really segregating itself from the rest of the world because people were just afraid. Um, you know, I, at, the, at the time, I remember going into the pizza place. Uh, Matt, you know the story. I've told you this. And uh, I went in and asked for a slice of pizza, waiting for it, and a guy comes in behind me. And I, I can't remember if he was Hispanic or Muslim. He was either or. It didn't matter to the guy behind the counter because he said, sorry, we're, we're out of pizza for the day. And so the guy leaves and the guy behind the counter says to me, Oh, you think I was going to sell to him? You know, that, that just, it, it paved the way for that kind of mentality. And that, the, those were the things. In the, and it's, it's all starting to, you know, that it, it, it's, it's cyclical. It's all, it all came back now. And then that's kind of, that's where we were back then. And that's sort of kind of where we are now. And, um, you know, say what you want about now, but back then wasn't that great either, <laughs> you know? So, all right. Um, yeah, this was the first stop of the tour, Reading, Pennsylvania, and this is six states, a six swing states. So you got Reading, Pennsylvania, Toledo, Ohio, Grand Rapids, Michigan, St. Louis, Missouri, Asheville, North Carolina, and it ended in Kissimmee, Florida. And, um... This seemed to work in every state but Ohio and Florida? Or did Missouri not get it either? I don't quite remember.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure.
3: Florida went blue. Ohio went
1: red in that election, if that's what you're asking. Okay. Uh, what a, do you, Pennsylvania?
3: Do you, Pennsylvania was blue. Yep, Pennsylvania was blue. Yeah.
1: Okay. This wasn't the only thing going on at that time. There were so many other outlets where they were revolting and wanted change. And I, I, you know, my kind of outlet at that time, I was really into the punk scene and, uh, there were two, uh, albums that fat Mike from no effects had put out. Uh, there were, um, compilation albums called the rock against Bush albums. Uh, and I mean, it was a, it was a who's who of the punk scene at the time from new songs that were just written for, the albums and songs, you know, uh, you know, popular punk songs from the past and and present. Uh, And I I just remember I I had those two albums on repeat that whole time. And that, uh, that same month, that October, 2004, that was like one of my best uh, concert months I ever had. I think I saw like maybe 20 different bands that month. It was insane. Um, But BB Kings in New York which is uh, has has gone to rest um, did a rock against Bush they did a rock against Bush uh, uh, show uh, around around that time and it was Bouncing Souls, Dillinger 4, a veil strike anywhere and none more black and that was one of my favorite shows at the time and and I might have the record for most collected set lists because I, I got four of those five band set lists.
2: That's pretty, uh, impressive. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, ha- that's hanging up in my basement or is about to, and, um, kind of pertaining to this. I met Max Weinberg that
2: day. Oh, uh, I, uh, I played with Max Weinberg. So there.
1: Yeah. You got me. Beat. Okay. All right. Moving on.
2: I got to play Bruce Springsteen songs with Max Weinberg. I hate you. Well, <laughs> I hate Bruce Springsteen, so it doesn't matter.
1: Oh my God. What the hell is <laughs> happening? <laughs> uh, way to put it off the rails, buddy.
2: Hey, um, I just had to, unacceptable. Had, to, I had to I had to rub the salt in the wound there a little bit.
1: <laughs> do you guys remember where you registered to vote? I do. Where? Uh
2: it was um I don't want to say it was like a post office. I forget. It was uh it was in New York City though because by September I was I wasn't turning 18 until October. Um right. so I had re- I was going to I was going to be living in New York City, so I had registered in New York City, um, Steve, maybe you could help me out on this. It was the day you moved me into the city, and there was actually a big anti-Bush um, rally uh, in in Union oh, Square yeah, that we right. had gone to. Yes, did that's we, right. I we might have registered me there. You're right. I think we did. I think so too. Um, I just don't remember the low, it was, it could have even been at a booth there because it was a a big thing going on.
3: I feel like it was, I feel like it was at a booth. I don't, I don't even think, I think it was like outside of a, like a, like a big official looking building, but I don't think we had to go in. I think we just did it outside at a booth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was the, the, that was the day we moved me into the city. So that would have been like, uh, September, early September, uh, 2004. And, uh, yeah, yep. That's, that's when I did it.
1: How'd you do it, Steve? Do you remember? Uh, I'm
3: super boring. I always just register when I change my driver's license. So there's a DMV. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: he takes it the he takes the easy way out, the uh, just let the DMV handle it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, were you a registered Republican at the time?
3: No, I, I believe I was uh, registered as an independent for this uh, for this
1: election. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I've I've I haven't changed. I don't know if I will change. I, I'm still independent, and uh, I, I, maybe for primaries, I'll, I'll I'll change at some point. I, I meant to at this point around, but uh, I just didn't didn't get a chance to. But um, yeah, I registered to vote at a Primus show. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, Radio City Music Hall, 2004. I want to say around right after, right before I graduated high school. Um, I saw it there and I said, you know what, this is going to be the moment I do it because I'm always going to remember that I registered to vote at a private show. Cause how you, how, how do you forget something? like
2: Well, that? I was going to say also, speaking of Primus, the one that we had gone to together and there's just, you know, Primus could, uh, attract a very interesting crowd, including a uh, full out blatant skinheads. So, um, <laughs> They're, they're, their music kind of spans across a lot of a lot of different they uh, they they diversify i guess you could say so i'm very curious as to who also was in line with you basically <laughs> yeah. just, just canceling out your vote
1: um yeah, i'll tell you exactly who um and this is going to make a lot of sense it was it was elmo that
2: was oh good old elmo
1: yeah and i'm not talking about the sesame street character
2: no you know, this is, no this is an uh, old old acquaintance old friend
1: yeah. And, uh, I would
2: big primus fan. So I'm not surprised that he was there with you.
1: Yep. Yeah, not a Pearl jam fan. I bet you he's never even listened to him. Um, so, um, let's talk a little Pearl jam here. Okay. Uh, before they went on Eddie did a few solo songs. Oh, um, uh, Hey
2: Randy, if, if you don't mind, um, you know how we usually tell stories at the end from, you know, Reddit and Facebook and yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. would you mind if I just tell a story really quick? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, uh, So you want
1: to do the Tim Robbins story right so, now?
2: So, uh, we'll do the Tim Robbins story. Um, if you want to just run through the openers again, real quick, but because um, it, it'll kind of go in. The, I can. It, I can wait. It'll. It'll go in the timeline that way. Um, okay. So, Steve, you'll remember this because it was the strangest thing you, you've you ever seen. <laughs> we roll into Reading, Pennsylvania, and um, ghost town. I mean, there's not even like street lights. It, it's just Ugh. a it's really kind of sketchy you know not saying anything bad about redding but it was really sketchy there's no parking anywhere there's you know it's we, we didn't know where to go so we just start to fan out from the from what was called the sovereign center what's it called now is it um they changed the oh, name i in, don't know they changed the name in 2013.
1: redding railroad
2: yeah the redding railroad something like that so <laughs> we're like okay well we literally don't literally the only thing i know about writing <laughs> so we're like we don't know where to go so There's no parking signs. There's fire hydrants everywhere. And we're like, okay, well this, this is great. So we pull up to a cop that is just in the middle of the road. And Steve rolls down his window and goes, Hey, uh, where can we park? And the cop goes, Oh, you could park anywhere you want. Pearl jams in town. And Steve's like, so what? Like basically what happens is when an event like this would take place where everyone was going to the center, basically the entire town would just shut down and it was like, it was like a, it was like a martial law. Anything goes type (laughs) thing. And you're just allowed to park wherever you want. And think of like, you know, like a walking dead type situation where you you get out of your car and there might be a couple zombies sitting on their front porch, watching everyone walk by them uh, in just this darkness of a city um and then you get into the arena and that is literally where every single person is and it was Jeez. it was just so strange uh i'll never forget that and uh i remember just just walking back uh uh to the to the center after parking the car and i remember steve you were just like this is weird this is weird <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was fun that's
1: that's like borderline deliverance right there it was yeah it was
2: it was terrifying i'm like you know i'm i'm seven days away from being 18 i'm a kid i've never been on like a trip like this like with my older brother you know a a day trip to go see a band and then go back to living in new york city i i was thrown into this so i was shitting my pants but it, it was a great experience and i think now i could do anything not nothing yeah. uh, there's nothing i can't do now
1: <laughs> so this, this this show changed your life a
2: little bit yeah
3: it, it was, it, we were almost almost waiting for the cop to just be like
2: there are no rules
3: <laughs> like, yeah, like take off was, his badge and throw it in the sewer like, <laughs>
2: in so many words that is kind of what he was like getting yeah. at <laughs> <laughs> hey you want, have, you, have you ever held a gun before kid <laughs>
1: <laughs> no wonder why they were they were trying to swing that state and trying to yeah promote change in that yeah, place
2: it was it was pretty um interesting so let's move now inside to the show
1: yeah um you guys met tim, tim Roberts, didn't you
2: yeah steve did you run into him too no oh so <laughs> basically, what it that happened, was a good story <laughs> tell it again you know he did his whole his whole thing and um death cab for cutie was playing and their music didn't really uh interest me that much um at the time i have found a wonderful appreciation for him so i figured this is the time to maybe go to the bathroom and i walk right out of our gate i mean right out of our gate into the uh the promenade area there uh, which was kind of set up like a Nassau Coliseum, just like a kind of a circle around. And um, t- there's Tim Robbins just standing there with a, uh, he had a blue shirt on that just said um, uh, November 6th on on it. It's all <laughs> it said in just white lettering. No one was around him. Uh, I know we had an email come in about, um, you know, how someone had met him also and there was a crowd and he was talking to people. When I went out, uh, it was just him standing up against the wall, drinking a Pepsi, <laughs>
1: no bodyguard, no, nothing, no, no
2: nothing, not at all. I, wow. And I just walked past him and I said, Hey, uh, I'm a big fan of yours. And you guys sounded great. And he was like, Oh, thank you so much. And that was it. And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, when I, I don't want to bother the guy, but it was, it was cool to, uh, he, it was like, he was just there to, uh, enjoy the show himself after he had done his thing. Um, which I'm sure he did. And, uh, uh, cause he's a big Pearl jam fan and he was, you know, uh, they're, they're all kind of in the same boat and they were all there for the same reason that night. Um, so I was happy to get to say hi to him and, uh, yeah, so that was fun.
1: Do you, okay. Maybe I should, I should wait to ask this. I want to, I want to get into Gob Roberts a little bit because I find it really interesting. It is really uh, interesting. The whole, yeah. I, Steve, I had texted you. Uh, when doing initial research for this show. And I, I said, who the hell has God, did they really bring out a Republican senator to the stage? <laughs> I thought it was a real thing. <laughs> uh, let's get into that in a sec. I just want to, um, real quick, I, I, I think the timeline was that Eddie came out, he played the two songs, then Gob Roberts, then Death Cab, then Pearl Jam. that, that sound right?
2: That sounds right.
1: So Eddie, Eddie comes out and he's out to, he's just by himself, no band, and he's doing a few solo songs. And, and this is kind of, this was a common thing he did back then. I think, you know, from about like 1994 or 1996 on, he'd do it from time to time, not something he really does anymore. He now kind of, you know, obviously they don't have opening bands anymore, so he can't do it in this fashion, but, um, this is really a spot that's set for the first encore. Now you guys have both been very vocal about solo Eddie and really having a distaste for it. Would you rather do, did, did you like him doing it in the beginning here or would you rather have it in the encore? I, what's
2: how do you guys um, think about it? Steve, is, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in on
3: that. So, okay. So a couple things, one, um, I liked it a lot better at the beginning because I don't feel like it took away from the rest of the Pearl Jam show. I felt like it was sort of its own thing. He was doing his thing and then he didn't have to grab the spotlight, you know, during during the actual set when I wanted to see the band. Um, the other thing, I had a feeling you'd say that. The other thing uh, was I also felt like it was really actually cool of him to do this because a lot of Pearl Jam fans would show up to see that. Um, and then since they were already in their seats, they would stay and see the opening act. Whereas otherwise they might not have shown up until right before Pearl Jam went on. They might've skipped the opener. That's smart.
2: And then you're going yeah. to, you're going to miss Tim Robbins.
3: Right. And, and, or, I mean, how many people, you know, maybe people wouldn't, wouldn't have missed, uh, um, you know, Sonic Youth or things like that, but you know, how many people might've missed uh, Slater Kinney or, or Ben Harper sure. um, right. that saw them instead because they came to see that the little, you know, two or three songs that Eddie did. Um, and then the last thing I'll say this night specifically, I I enjoyed it because, um, he played two of my absolute favorite songs of all time. I love both of those songs that he played. So, um, that was just epic to see him play, uh, you know, a a Bruce Springsteen song and a Cat Stevens song. Um, I love Bruce Springsteen. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you people, uh,
2: um, <laughs> I, I never said anything. That. Don't that no, don't there. don't drag Randy down with me. Oh Okay,
3: okay. <laughs> uh, and, and he's on a different level. And growing growing up is like It's like the Bruce Springsteen song, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, that song is just like it's amazing. So to see him play that was was great. And I think um, when he was trying to remind himself how to play that song, uh, at one point was also where he wound up writing um gone uh so oh. i don't quote me well it's gonna be on the podcast so i guess i'm gonna be quoted but i i, yeah, I, I you're yeah I, this is you <laughs> you're quoting yourself i recognize i i recognize i may be incorrect around that but i think it was that was the song that he was trying to learn or remember to play when he accidentally kind of came across a progression that became gone so interesting
1: hmm um Matt, you want to elaborate? and You want to? Yeah, okay. You know, I was actually you want to dump on Bruce here, or
2: no, no, no. I'm not going to dump on Bruce. <laughs> um, I was actually afraid, being brothers, I was afraid Steve was actually going to say the, the same thing I was going to say, but he didn't. Um, I listened back to these, and yeah, I, I mean, I think the performances are pretty good. Um, they're not great though. I, this is this is kind of like this is weird. I, I know Eddie was doing this a lot, but I feel like. Uh, I'm going to talk about this a lot. I have it in my notes. There's a lot of moments in this show and shows around this time that really show what they've progressed into now. And and it, I think it shows a few times in this. And I think it kind of shows with this too, to where he wasn't great at it yet, but he got much better. So when he does this type of stuff now, it's it's a lot better than I think it was here. Um, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, if it was newer if or, or whatever, or if he was just kind of figuring out what am I going to do by myself? So it, 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 it has gotten better. So I, I didn't think it was the best here, but I could forgive that because it, you know, I I've, like, I feel like he was kind of finding his spot with it, but going back to what you said, where would I rather have it? It doesn't matter because he does it both times in the show. He does it in the beginning and he does it in the encore. So yeah, you're
1: right. All right. Well, Well, whatever. I mean,
2: just, just real,
3: real, real quick on that, Matt. I, I, I think, I don't know that it's necessarily that he's gotten better at it. I think, I think those little like ditties that he would come out and do before the show. I don't know that they're even necessarily rehearsed. You know what I mean? Like I think it was kind of just like a, screw around and play yeah it what, be 100% what, two, true. what two songs are like did i listen to on my you know ipod before i got to the set you know the the venue or whatever
2: or like, it could it, be yeah what 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 songs do i remember from when i was you know 14 years old
1: right you know? exactly right. i like that though i like that though the better more than uh actually rehearsing it in uh yeah. uh, uh sound or anything like that that i i think that's that's awesome that he that he goes ahead and does I it. really
2: like it too and I th- I think it kind of with the um, kind of progression that they've made as as a band or, or, or ha- how he's made it um, and does it in sets now it really plays into like the hardcore Eddie fan which I know that mm-hmm. there are more of than not um, you know that I mean we're talking about it right now I like more of the full band I am a big stone guy I like drummers I like bass players <laughs> so I, I don't hold eddie higher than like anyone else in the band because they're all just as important um but there are there are a lot of people that you know eddie is kind of the be all end all and now this like encore one type thing where he plays solo or he's kind of center of attention and and it's just kind of him it's like this religious experience for a lot of people and i just don't personally feel that way so yeah that's kind of all i have to say about it um and I agree. How a little less rehearsed, it's um, it's more kind of off off the cuff and more interesting. So, this night with with this Eddie centric moment gets a total pass for me because I think it fits. I think it's awesome when he did this to kind of get people in the seats, and um, even though it's not the best, it it sounds really good um uh, for for the the purpose that it that it plays.
1: Real quick, and uh, I just kind of want to move on after this, but real quick, I just want to say, just thinking about what both of you said, um, when he did this, it does feel like a turning point in the band, like you said, Matt, but this feels like a maturity for Ed. He comes out here, and he's the guy that's, that's screaming. He's uh, you know screaming at fans, and he's kind of jumping on scaffolds, and he's, yeah. kinda, he's making a scene, and that really became... Eddie's personality, and I think by the time No Code came around, I, I don't think he wanted people, you know, he's, he, he really wrote about it so much on Vitalogy, uh, you know, what people were identifying him to be and what they were identifying his music to be that I think around No Code, he really, it was really a, a sign of maturity and a sign of change from him Personally, and it, it, it later would uh, come full circle with the band, and not just that, but into the wild and uh, the ukulele stuff.
2: But I'm I'm glad you said that because I I always thought, and this this pointed it out. Uh, like I said, with a lot of songs and and a lot of ways they play it. How I'll I'll get into it with some of my notes, the kind of turning points in the band where you start off with you know ten, and it's it's fitting of the time, and then. You said a maturity kind of when it came into no code i see that more of like a um a musical maturity now i think this is very showing and telling that uh the next turning point was riot act where it was more of a it was, it was more of like a maturity um uh, mentality um throughout the bands not not as much musically a little bit it was another kind of turning point but it was more of like a personal maturing for them and you really see this in the show and but it's funny because I don't know if we, you know we were talking about people being really angry. Were they being angry for the wrong reasons, for the right reasons? However, it might be. Jump ahead just two years to their next album, which is Avocado, and I feel like that's another turning point, which has kind of um, brought them to this point. So I, I'm, I think this new album is going to be the next one, and we're just gonna have to see see what it is. But those were always kind of my points, and this is the this is the Riot Act point. Um, and there's, there's going to be a lot of examples of that in this set.
1: I, I agree with you with the riot act point. I kind of want to bring up um, something that uh, director Kevin Smith said about uh, when he did clerks and the Clerks sequel, he said that clerks, he wanted to define what it was like to be in your twenties. And that's really, I feel like what 10 in Verses and to an extent by vitalogy really kind of all altogether summed up and he said for clerks too, he wanted to get a good grasp on what it was like to be in your thirties. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Dante gets married or is about to get married and uh, you know, the, the other girl he's sleeping with is pregnant and there's actual things going on besides uh, you know, someone fucking a dead guy in the bathroom.
2: Yeah. That whole idea of just being also stuck in one, in one spot. At, at an older right. age, too. Um, by the way, have you seen Kevin Smith lately? That guy dropped like 200 pounds. <laughs> uh, Good for him. I saw a picture of him. I'm like, no fucking way. That's Kevin Smith. He looks incredible.
1: Is he still wearing his hockey jerseys? Yeah, like, but the same hockey jerseys. Exactly, and the, the backwards hat. Room. Yeah. Yeah. A a move a, move on it, except
2: they're moo-moos now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that no, no code and yield were gonna like being in your thirties and riot act avocado are kind of like you know being in your forties and whatever the next album is would be kind of I guess the fifties because I I would see lightning bolt as that because he talks about you know future days and sirens and kind of you know worrying about the future while you know, paying attention to the president. I, yeah.
2: You know. Coming, coming out of avocado. I feel like, I feel like lightning bolt is like the new tipping point and we're going to see something come out of that.
1: Right. Just to reiterate, I don't know if we mentioned the cat Steven song. Um, he started, he opened up with don't be shy and then he went right in he said, uh, this one, a guy is probably performing it across the street right now. And that was growing up by Bruce. um, Right after that, Eddie gives a shout out to Bruce and REM and Dave and James Taylor, Ben Harper. they're all playing across the straight uh, state. Um, and then Eddie says, "In the interest of fairness, he reluctantly invites former Republican senator from the great state of Pennsylvania, Gob Roberts, feel free to boo." And like I said, Steve, I got duped because <laughs> I had no idea who or what it was. Um, talk, talk us up a little bit. What I had completely forgotten about this when you texted me, um,
3: him of course, bringing, uh, Bob, Bob Roberts up onto the stage, of course was the, uh, character that, um, Tim Robbins played, uh, you know, previously in his career and where the name Gav Roberts, I believe comes from for, uh, for his punk band. So, um, it was, you know, sort of a big, act a big way to introduce Bob Roberts as a band and Tim Robbins as a person. Uh, and to make those of us who have never seen the movie that Tim Robbins played Bob Roberts in,
1: uh, be confused. Yeah. And you know, I, I kind of went a little further with it because I realized, uh, last couple of months I've been on a old, old Simpsons kick. Oh yeah. And there's an episode in season six where, uh, sideshow Bob is running for mayor and the episode name is Sideshow Bob Roberts. <laughs> and I had no idea why it was called that until I really put the pieces together. And, oh, that's that's why it makes a lot of sense now. Um, but, Matt, we're, we're going to have to say at some point we're going to have to add Simpsons to the This Is Not a <laughs> Blank podcast.
4: That's true. Because
1: I think I've, I've mentioned them in the last three or four episodes. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, Gob um, Roberts tell, you know, you, you talked about meeting Tim Robbins before, but now he came out he, was, he, he came out dressed as an old man with his legs draped in a flag and out in a wheelchair, and he begins to play a song while the crowd booed, takes a hold of the microphone and seems to be electrocuted as he falls and the lights go down. But when the lights return, it was all an act and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, um, what he was doing all pump covers? What, what did they do? Cause I can't find a set list anywhere for
2: this. Uh, besides the whole act in the beginning. I don't, I don't remember a damn thing about that. Ugh. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: I'm in the same boat. I barely remember it. I remember it. I remember it rocked hard. Um, I remember enjoying it, but I, I honestly don't remember what he played.
2: His I, I mean, I remember being very confused even throughout. I'm like, but what? So this is this is the Shawshank Redemption guy, right? Like, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not missing anything here, am I? This is so uh, it's very weird. Uh, I wish a 17 year old Matt wasn't at that show. I wish it was, you know, I wish it was 32 year old Matt because I would remember it more and appreciate it more. But yeah, I don't really remember, uh, Randy. I tried to look for a set too. Um, couldn't find anything.
1: Well, that, I, we have to we have to ask our wonderful fans. Yeah. Then if they if they were there, if they remember a set or at least one or two songs they played, then and and you know I'm sure they played some Ramones. We'll talk about the Ramones later today. Uh, I mean. It could have been anything. I I can't even put my finger on it. There were so many, like, Reagan youth or, uh, uh, I mean, even the Misfits. The Misfits ended up being a pretty Republican band, but same with the Ramones. But, um, their message kind of spread this anarchy, you know, of dead Kennedys, which we'll, again, talk about today, too. There's a lot of punk in here. Uh, I, I can't, I can't even, I can't even guess as to what they would have done, but, um, you know again if you have that information please share with all of us uh all right let's get into the show and uh, they open up here this is right after riot act so this still feels like a very very fresh opener here's love boat captain
0: Just another day It's got a forgotten place First comes a run And then comes pain Let the vote begin Questions arise And answers for It's, it's my
1: Steve, you said on the Berlin show that Love Boat Captain was your all-time favorite opener.
3: Yep. Yeah, and this was um, this was awesome uh, to see because it was, like you said, uh, uh, Riot Act was still fresh at this point. Um, so to see them open with this, and then you know, again, I think the reason I, I think I said it on the last podcast the reason why I like it so much is because it's such a good slow burn to open um, mm. and. Like I talked about just a few minutes ago, how we were, so everybody in the crowd was there because they were pissed off basically. Um, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, hundred percent of the people that were in the crowd voted, you know, voted blue or whatever, but, um, probably the vast majority of us did, uh, and to go into this show with the, with the fire and energy that we felt like we had and, uh, you know, just, just couldn't wait for it to be November 4th or whatever it was that year. Um, November 6th, whatever. Uh we just couldn't wait for it to happen and then they come out and play Love Captain and it's just this perfect like oh man, this is gonna be great.
1: And uh, Matt, you're gonna love this because there's so many Eddie Dad jokes, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, referring to voting. So Yeah, except
2: these these were you know, it served a purpose on like last week's episode where it was the spectrum closing and it was like
1: dude. How did that not serve a purpose though? Because they were
2: dumb, they were dumb jokes. It was like <laughs> these made sense a little bit more to me. Uh, <laughs> instead of the be- Any, instead of beating the the dead horse like like last week.
1: Yeah. Um, I like this this one because I, I think what I remember from uh, they opened up with this for the live at the garden DVD, which is like I think I have that DVD to really thank for my my fandom going from one one way to it to the other. Uh, they open with it and they use the line "let" uh, instead of "let the game begin." He says, "let the show begin," and that kind of it's it's a, a goosebump. It's a chilling line, especially that early when they're it, it. It's yet that song is yet to hit its crescendo, and there's still just Eddie and Boom, and maybe like a little bit of Stone in there. Uh, in this one, he says, "let the vote begin," and that that's gotta feel the same way like it just gets you really really excited for what's about to go on go on so
2: right in the feels
1: yeah and the crowd is very strong uh especially at the end and for love boat captain being i mean yeah it was was pretty it it was fresh at the time but i i mean you know this is a pretty pro pearl jam crowd instead of like others that you know memphis so so to speak if you know pearl jam was in town people would go because they like ten and verses or whatever uh they're going to sing the deep cuts and i hate calling love boat captain a deep cut but maybe nowadays it is cuz they don't play it as much but it's you know what i'm trying to say here
2: yes i agree
1: that they you know this isn't jeremy or even flo they're singing this is this is like a crowd favorite it's it's like when i don't know like a uh, baseball reference insert ba- baseball reference here <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna share a baseball reference but i i you know what i thought better of it because i knew what was coming because uh,
2: you know this isn't a baseball podcast
1: thank you that <laughs> I, I knew that that was exactly what was coming um they go right into Animal, and I think the crowd is just is absolutely on fire the whole way, and, and it really it really pumps them up. But I don't really have much to say on Animal. Does anybody have anything else with Animal here? Because I'm, I'm itching to get to the next song.
2: Steve?
3: No, go for it, man. I mean, it was a great, great performance, but outside of that, not so much. Go for it.
2: Yeah, uh, these first two opening songs sounded really good.
1: Great, because the next song you know that i've mentioned this song in probably every episode that it's the one song that if i had to see it right now i would explode and uh it's the first time we're covering it so listen and love it of fucking J.
2: Finally for you, right?
1: I Yeah, first time we're covering it. And, um, so I, I have some thoughts about it too. Uh, they, they start out really fast on it and then mid-first it's almost like they drop the original pace and they slow down just a tad. I don't know if Matt was a little behind or they just they just realized that they needed to that somebody was a little faster than the other, but um, the bridge here was just fucking killer. Yeah. Holy crap. Um, So the,
2: the the bridge is really awesome. And I listened to it a few times and I hear, or I, I understand why you might hear it as like a, as like a tempo change. How I heard it was, I feel like they, now this is going to sound strange for this song. I feel like they went a little overboard too early, almost for every part, and then what they did was they they dropped back the energy a little bit to really give the ver- uh, the choruses and that bridge that step up above the verse. So <clears throat> so where it sounded like the verse and and the and the chorus and the bridge were in the in the beginning were kind of all on the same level, where it sounds like a tempo change. I think it was more them just dialing back in the verse a little bit so they can make the bridge and the and the chorus sound that much bigger
1: it makes sense yeah i
2: i like to keep the dynamic um the dynamics of the song um interesting to where it's not just this punk song all the way through to where it's kind of all right let's here's the verse and now here's the chorus and we're going to hit you with it and i feel like it
1: it shows to how tight they are that they can Kind of adjust, adjust, yes, like yeah. that uh, mid song and have it kind of seem pretty seamless.
2: That's exactly what I was hearing, yeah. That just there, there was definitely some sort of adjustment there. And
1: we're going to say this a bunch of times in this episode, but this recording really sucked. And yeah. <laughs> uh, you really can barely hear Jeff, it, it feels like you're listening on one side of the headphones. I don't know if you're hearing more Mike than Stone, you're not hearing a lot of rhythm out of it, it, yeah. it just feels very bland uh, there's
2: there's going to be a song i'm going to touch on in just a, a few minutes that also um has this problem too i'll explain why but yeah it's there's something starting off early there's something kind of amiss um yeah sound wise
1: yes but it's brain j so all all good in the um and Eddie changes the words here. This is second second time in three songs. And at the end, he says, you can make this world if you believe in it. See, it's fitting. Yeah, I agree. Do the Evolution is next. And this is the third lyric change that I have here. I run for president and I sing in the choir. But he didn't run for
2: president.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was probably his week, probably the weakest change, yeah. Yeah,
2: and uh, and to everyone that carries around those "Vetter for President" signs uh, at a uh, Pearl Jam shows, can we not anymore? I just I think it's kind of played out. I'm going to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, well, what I don't understand is when they go to like, and you see the sporting events too, and and you know whoever the the top guy on a team is, you want them for president. Well, what if they want? What if they want to like burn your religion or something? Like what if they hate your religion? Guys,
2: I have a feeling these people are not going to be very good politicians. <laughs> Stop lobbying.
1: Like six years ago when Aaron Hernandez was on the Patriots, did you bring like, and he was good on the Patriots. Did you bring a Hernandez for, for president side?
2: Oh, is that too, is that too soon? I don't care. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, there you go. Right. Randy doesn't uh, care. Yeah. I-
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just making a reference because <laughs> um, peop, more people know Aaron, Aaron Hernandez than Ray Carruth. So there
3: you go. she's Fair, enough. There. Fair <laughs> enough.
1: Anything Anything on these four, Steve, Brain of Jay, do the Evolution a lot of Yield early? No, I, I loved it. Um, they all sounded great. Uh, some of my favorite songs. I'm, I'm good to keep moving. I thought it was fantastic. Sweet. And Ed says hi here. Great to be back. And it says, if they're going to participate in the vote as much as they've been par- participating, singing along, they won't have to talk politics much tonight. And that's really, I mean, like we said, the band is, uh, the crowd is really on the band side and they're just every song they're top notch for. And, and and
2: as the set progresses, you're going to see that there's not a lot of, of need to stop and talk politics because the mm-hmm. set kind of speaks for itself right. and speaks for the situation. Yep agreed it's a very agreed. it's a very different set that you'll probably never see again but um it's uh it's it it's perfect for the night
1: somewhere in my notes i said this is a festival set if pearl jam was playing a festival just for their fans yeah. but getting the same amount of time because you have two openers beforehand so what they probably went on at like nine maybe nine thirty
3: yeah, it was it was a little later, yeah. Okay. So
1: yeah, because you gotta you get a it's probably the same amount of time as a Lollapalooza. Uh but Lollapalooza you're getting even flow than Daughter than Better Man than uh you know, just all of the hits on, hit, hits that keep on coming, but uh nothing as it seems is the fifth song in and um that's sure as hell not a it, it was a single, but it sure is hell not a hit. Uh, the solo in the opening sounded really flat. Am I right by saying that?
2: Yeah, there's a, there's something going on with Mike on, on this, in, on the entire show. Um, yeah, I agree. There's something yeah. going on with the, it's, you know, this, like, like I said, Steve, you, you probably agree. Um, even though it was a, it was one of the most amazing things to see live. um, it's like a Nassau Coliseum. If anyone out there has ever been a Nassau Coliseum, uh, the old Nassau Coliseum. Uh, uh,
1: uh and, no, the new one too, Matt. Oh, really? I was I was there this weekend right. and mic problems the whole entire show. Well,
2: it was kind of like that where um, it's smaller than an MSG. It's um, you know, almost not a bad seat in the house. You don't really feel too far away from the stage, but the sound is just it, it's atrocious. So this is kind this this venue at least back. Uh. Uh, you know, in the early two thousands, it was like that. Um, It was not the best sounding place and definitely listening back on it. I kind of started to remember that there were uh, a few little quirks, Um, nothing as it seems listening back. This is where I think those problems really kind of start uh, and will kind of go through for the rest of the night.
1: Yeah. I I'm with you on that. And um, wow. Two binaural songs, one after the other one that, that, you know, the pigs fly, uh,
2: <laughs>
1: did Buckley slip something in their drink or something. Yeah. I, this is,
2: this is a Buckley show.
1: Something's off with this one too. The whole beginning in this song feels, uh,
2: uh, sorry. Did we move to insignificance?
1: Yes. Would you like to talk more about nothing as it seems?
2: No, no, no. I was just going to say basically the same thing with, with insignificance. There's either a mix problem. Oh, yeah. You know what it is? It's very dry and it's very tinny. There's no bottom. There's no base. Mm. There's, It's, it's just a weird, it, it was difficult to pay attention to the performance, listening back on it because of, of the, of the audio. Um, and it might just be because, you know, they're, they're real bootlegs, but, um, just from hearing different bootlegs from different sources, I don't even know if an official bootleg from this would have sounded good. No,
1: Steve, you and I were talking about this. We... We don't think so, and and nobody, you know, the whole Reddit thread that I had posted about this. They were trying to find it, and nobody had anything official. I'm gonna guess that because there's nothing from any of the Vote for Change shows, and I'm gonna guess that they just felt like they couldn't profit off of this, that it wasn't the right thing to do to profit off of, you know, trying to to you know promote people to vote because that would make them look like the voting aspect was not the most important aspect.
3: Yeah. Does that make sense? I think that's distinctly possible for sure. But and then and then to Matt to Matt's point, I think even if they even if they had had an official bootleg, the sound in the place just in general was so not great that I don't know that you were going to get good sound you know even even with better you know recording equipment or whatever i just right. i just
2: think it was a bad mix and yeah. and um you know if there's a bad mix there's a bad mix it's everything's coming right out of the console there and you know they're not going to be spending they don't they wouldn't spend a lot of time on you know mixing these things these bootlegs came out rather rather quickly uh so yeah uh, you know if it's a bad mix in the house you're probably not going to have a great official boot um at the same time, I thought maybe this might have um, been a, a good opportunity to, you know, use the proceeds um, for something sure. election-wise. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, it was a quick tour. It, it was a tour that was also, it, it's down to the wire. There's, you know, you, what are you going to do? Sell these bootlegs after the election? They're probably, there might not have been enough time, even if they were going to be donating or whatever it is. There, it could be a million things. Who knows?
1: And, and, and maybe... If we get to the point in two years where, you know, it's a vote for change two, uh, I'm hoping for tours every day of my life, <laughs> no no matter what, but um, I would be very happy with a vote for change two tour. Um, maybe at that point they kind of go, because they'll do this sometimes, they'll release stuff from the vault. So maybe they'll do that, right? Kind of as, you know, A connection with it um but anyway insignificance um we had it in the last show and i think this is a better spot for it here kind of you know earlier in the set rather than right before the close of the first set uh and while the song really did not kick off how it should have kicked off it it's it finished really strong um yeah still it's still
2: a great song
3: yeah. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my all time favorite songs uh, as well, I, I, and I think they again it did have sort of a funny sound to it, um, but
1: yeah, definitely a great version. So coming out of that is American and Me, which is a cover by the Avengers, not Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. or Mark Ruffalo or Scarlett Johansson.
2: Uh, Mark Ruffalo, the original Pearl Jam drummer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you know what's funny about Mark I'm Ruffalo I'm just saying
2: everyone's been a Pearl Jam drummer so I wouldn't I, you know I'm, I'm sure the Hulk was in there at some point as well
1: <laughs> well the, I was going to bring up a tweet of his um, every, so Mark Ruffalo is kind of the spoiler of the group when it comes to uh, Avenger movie or <laughs> anything Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe news. So he went on, I guess, like Fallon or Col- Col- Colbert or something like that, and he accidentally dropped what could have been the title for the next Avengers movie, oh, yeah. uh, which I think was the last Avenger. So people are now bugging him on Twitter saying, hey, what's the movie called? What's the movie called? Is that really what the movie's called? What's the movie's called? And he says he said uh, he tweets out he says avengers 4 register to vote
2: <laughs> <laughs> he probably has a good sense of humor and he's probably a bit of a troll as well so which i i, I respect and appreciate
1: yeah and he he's pretty he's an activist too so that's it, it all ties together uh i'm not familiar with the song though i'm not familiar with the avengers the band um any got anybody got anything here? I, I love Boom's Boom's uh, piece in the song, but
2: uh, Steve, you wanna you wanna go first?
3: Uh, no, I'll just say um, it, this is one of my favorite covers of theirs. Um, I, I was actually trying to look it up um, before we started, and I got distracted with other things. I think I saw them actually do it once, and this is what I was trying to look up because I'm not 100 percent sure. I think they did it with a couple of members of the Avengers. Um, at one of the shows that I saw, and I'm was Thor there. Thor was there, and uh, he, it was <laughs> he. He actually played drums as well. So he, there's another
1: Pearl Jam drummer for you.
3: Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I, I know it's crazy. <laughs> How could there? Be?
1: It was really Matt Chamberlain in
2: the yeah.
3: <laughs> There you go. But uh, no, I, uh, definitely one of my favorite covers of theirs, and uh, a great version. I
2: actually will disagree. I I think uh, listening back, I I think it sounds kind of shitty. Um, really? Actually, yeah, I, I I don't think it sounds good at all. But Wow. This is not missing words. This is not a song that has to sound good. Well, yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't have to be perfect. And um so I'm I'm going to I'm going to switch it up on you again. <laughs> it's kind of why I really like it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's why I like it. So so I'll I'll amend my
3: original statement a little bit. It sounded it sounded the way the song is supposed to sound. Like, I don't think it was a, um, you know, like perfectly mixed or, you know, perfectly, uh, um, you know, timed song or whatever you want to say about it, but it sounded like a punk song, yeah. you know, a punk yeah. cover song should sound. That's why I thought it was such a good version. Yep.
1: Uh, last heard in 2006. So, you know, who knows? I, I maybe they bring back some of these songs at some point. I know that, I am a patriot. Was kind of quiet for a while, from like this point until maybe a couple of years ago during that election. Um, uh, oh, what, what am I thinking? Uh, public image was another one that they didn't bring around for a while, and uh, know your rights. That's one. I I didn't really mean public image. I meant know your rights. Uh, is another one that they really just kind of sprinkle when the timing is right. So um, we're going to hear a lot of talk about covers tonight, and uh, they're all, including the next one, Give Me Some Truth is after The American in me, uh, And I love this song. I love this. This is one of my favorite John Lennon songs, and it's a sneaky good cover of theirs. Uh, you know, they don't really play it often. Uh, it, it's the last time it was played was 12 years ago and only 16 times overall. But, uh, you know, and this one is just, again, it made sense for the time then. And it makes sense for the time today.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, just proving that, uh, John Lennon is timeless.
1: You got no
3: argument for me on that
1: one. Okay. Um, now, Steve, we, we, uh, we talked in Berlin, we talked about how both of us are not a fan of this next song live, but we're going to play it here because the reason why I'm not a fan of the song is because they don't play it exactly like this. They slowed it down. They actually played it like the album. And I'm so happy that they did it this way. It sounds so much better. And I feel like this whole show, and maybe it's because it's the first time we're covering something from this era, but the whole show feels like they're playing it closer to the album instead of just rushing through it just to get through another song or just to play it fast.
2: Um, So yeah, I wrote this down on my notes. Uh, First, I'm going to say I can't, I can't get behind wanting to hear songs played exactly like album songs. Um, I, there needs, there needs to be something about it. And given the fly is a, is a perfect example of that. I don't, this is, this sounds fantastic. I'm not going to, it's, it's paced. Well, Um, they're not, rushing it as you say so it it comes off really good um but i don't mind hearing it how they play it now and this kind of goes back to when i was talking about the change in the band um how it's slower here closer to the album um it, it also adds into um how they place it in sets now um you know if it's an opener an encore set ender, whatever it is i feel like now they just really pump it up Because of the placement. I don't think they're rushing it to fit in more songs. I feel like they do it now because of where of because of where they play it and With this night, I feel like there was kind of no rush um, And it was it was just a really different set. It was a really different vibe. So doing it closer to the album version is is uh, Exactly how it should be here. And again, it sounds really good but when they speed it up, like I said, I think now uh, how they've moved on as a band, it's it's more about placement, I think. Because I don't – when we saw it in Fenway, I liked it that, really fast. That makes sense. It, it, that, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because they
1: open with it. I, I feel yeah. like that – if you open slow with Giving the Fly as your first song in, it's going to – it maybe doesn't plot a little bit.
2: Yeah. It's um, uh, it doesn't really make sense to do it that way. So mid
1: first set. Yeah. Mid first set after two covers, two songs that maybe not everybody in the crowd knows all the words to, um, that they don't play too often. I think that that's a really, really good spot. To exactly.
2: Do Th- like this is this is bringing it back in and, and it also completely validates for me, uh, personally, the the new faster way that they play it
3: yeah i I like i definitely like it better this way um it's sort of ironic because uh i I said last time i one of the reasons i don't like it so much is because sometimes i feel like it's a just a showstopper and not in a good way because it just drags the whole thing down but for some reason um this this version of it uh did not feel like that at all maybe it was because it was closer to the album version I'm not sure, but I agree, Randy. I think that uh, uh, this the, the the way they played it on this night was definitely one of the better versions of it that I've heard.
2: They're putting the fishing line back out after those two cover songs, and they're hooking you back in. And um, and I'm sure when we were there, uh, you know, it 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 did just that.
3: But I I wonder too if it had something to do with the fact that um, yield. I mean, obviously. You know, Yield was not their most recent album or, you know, whatever, but it wasn't uh, that far. They weren't so far removed from Yield as they are, you know, now. So I wonder right. if...
1: Six years, so that's not that far. Yeah,
3: right? that's not that far. So I wonder if it's still a song that they um, still had a lot of passion about and, um, you know, that sort of thing. And, that, and it sort of came through a little bit more in this version of it. And now it's not, not a song that they don't like, of course. So, you know, I don't think they would play it if they didn't like it, but... I think maybe they just view it through a different
1: lens now than they did back then. That's kind of what we talked about last week, uh, especially with Unthought Known, that after the whole uh, you know, touring for the album and promoting the album, Unthought Known was kind of one of the leftovers that became a setlist staple that wasn't necessarily a hit of theirs or one of the more known songs to outside the Pearl Jam community, but it was one of the songs that sticked stuck around um and I, I see you know from avocado severed hand was like that for a while and uh um life wasted was like that even though life is was a little more popular from riot act i, I would say um you know you are was pretty popular for a while and would be heard in a lot of sellers lists, like insignificance and grievance from from Binary. kind of the same way so uh yeah I, this is Given to fly is probably that song from Yield that was kind of gripped onto as the years went on, and and you know it makes sense.
2: Yeah, it also shows uh, the the evolution of the band again. How you know there's no more opening acts, and they're speeding up songs. This uh, even flow, a lot of things are sped up because now when you go see Pearl Jam, it's like it's an event and listening back on this show and listening back on some of the older shows as well they've really amped it up even more now because they know that this is this is like a yearly event for some people and they're just I mean they're just maniacs now you know uh, not that they always weren't energetic but it's it's insane how much they've ramped it up to now especially listening to a show like this which is a, a, a lot um a lot more subdued they're getting older but I mean, look at their shows. It's- right.
1: Yeah, they have to play big stadiums in order to, you know, get everybody in. And this one is a small stadium and a small arena in Reading. So it's such a different mentality, especially back then. I feel like they're still at this point, what, um, 13 years as a band, maybe 14 or, you know, to 1990 would be. When they started, but Ten came out in, in ninety one, so they're still it, it. They're in the teenager phase, and now they they've kind of at this point they're very much matured, and they have a fan base that kind of ranges from, uh, you know, people that are executive board members for I don't know for high powered law firms and and people our age, Matt, and people uh, that are in their 20s, and and it kind of, there are so many more fans, and it's just, you see all the time on the boards, they always, you know, there are people that show off their kids saying, hey, my kid got really into the song, and he learned how to play it on guitar, and it's a 14-year-old kid who is learning Pearl Jam, and I, I feel like it's a generational thing, that the generation that it really started with, they're now all the same age as eddie and stone and the guys and they're they're bringing it into form like this I and mean, it's just it's now considered to be for all ages kind of like how you know other band, you know maybe maybe the who was just seen as a teenager 20s band and in the 60s a band
2: for the for the riffraffs you know exactly. <laughs> Pearl
1: fans are riff
2: raps, but uh, but no but you know what it does show it shows that even in their uh you know what you could still call the you're right like the teenager type years of their career was that their fan base was already uncontrollable you know in growth growth wise uh, right that right. even then the growth of the fan base was getting out of control
1: given a fly, right? We're, we're done with that. We're going to move on to Half Full, a Riot Act song. Again, like we said before, Riot Act is fresh, and we really talked a lot about this during Memphis. It's a bluesy, moody, pissed off, uh, politically charged uh, song that really fits in well with the setlist. I think they played it at least half of these Vote for Change shows, so it's Please feel free. If anybody else has anything on half full, if not, we can move on to the next one.
2: Uh, I just wanted to say it, it fits the song perfectly. Half full because it's like this song is like half full for me. I feel like the performance is really good, and again, it 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 just it sounds like shit. So this song is half full for me. I want okay. I want the full cup. I want the sound to be great with the great performance. But we well, only at least get one. you're an <laughs> optimist. <laughs> yeah,
1: and you're not saying half empty. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, exactly see i didn't even have to think about it i am a half full type guy
3: yeah i'll just say this is a song another one of those songs that i definitely prefer live over the album uh the album version i think it's a great song live and i I kind of get bored with it on the album version
1: i yeah i guess I have a problem with the way Riot act is constructed as it is I think it's way too many songs yeah. uh I don't think help help or get right should be on the album I think they should have been uh you know on lost Besides. Yeah, on lost dogs um, yeah. and I, I just think it it's it's it they should have done a better job with it I think that songs are misplaced and we can get on to that at, at a later date but that's that's just how I feel. Uh, moving on, we have a live debut here. And uh, let's play it for you, and we'll talk about it after. This is a Lost Dog that was a binaural outtake, one of, you know, like 50 binaural outtakes that ended up on Lost Dog. So uh, here's the second track off of the first album of Lost Dogs, Sad. Lost Dogs came out around this time. I want to say it came out in 03 or 04. Uh, so when it came out and, and that's a lot to digest, a lot of B-sides to go through. So with the first time in this playing it ha- what Steve, you go first. What did uh how would you feel hearing this for the first were you excited to hear this one or
3: Yeah, I was actually super stoked to hear the song. I, even before Lost Dogs came out, I think I had downloaded "Sad" from like on kazah <laughs> like <the> kazah <laughs> yes, one of those that's what, that's what i was trying to think of yeah uh uh so I, I i had been listening to the song even before lost dogs came out and um when he when he went into the intro of you know this is one of the outtakes i was like secretly hoping that this is the one it was going to be and uh when they played it i just i
1: went mental i was so excited did you know this beforehand, Matt? Since
2: no was um, pretty fresh. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember this exact moment at the show. Um, I'm positive in this that when they did start to play it, I had no idea what it was. I, I guess I could, I could say I'm happy that I, I was there to see it, even though I don't really remember it. Sad is one of those. I might have touched on this the last time we talked about it. I think we talked about it with um, Brooklyn Night too sad is one of these really weird songs it, it goes either way for me I could I I'll, I'll really like it and then sometimes I won't care for it um, I like it here uh, I like debuts I like where it sits in the set and then sometimes there are other times where it might have been written on a set or not played or it might have been in a, a sound check or whatever and I'm like you know what I liked how the set moved uh, enough without it but here I I really like it this is a this is an example and I'm glad I got to I got to see it live. Um, I just wish I, I just wish I could remember it. So I'm kind of sad about that.
1: <laughs> I like how you added that in. Yeah. Um. That's, that's your dad joke for the day. <laughs> uh. So number one and number two on my list of songs, my top five songs that I'm yet to hear are in this show. It's brain of Jay. then sad. This is number two on my list and I'm, I'm dying for the day that, that I do hear it and I will, I will be very excited. It's been played 55 times, which it feels a little bit rarer than that, but maybe during this time when they, after they debuted it, they were playing it a lot. And, you know, maybe during avocado tour, they played a lot of shows during then. So, you know, nothing in no, no sad in any show in 2018. So, um, yeah, uh, that was unfortunate, but you know, Here's to hoping for the future and
2: maybe they'll start, network. maybe they'll start ditching um, down and, uh, I, and I would and hope al- so and alone. And they'll start putting sad in for you a few more times.
1: That would be awesome because I'm, I am. Oh, and all night. That's another lost dog that I, I can't yeah. seem to, I'm to uh, shake. Um,
2: I'm, I'm, Yeah. They could, they could drop that too. Yeah.
1: The da- down's a good one to drop. I've, I've heard enough of down.
2: Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I still love it, but I I I would agree that maybe they should rotate it now.
3: I, I would I would not agree. I, I would not agree about alone though. That all No, is, alone could stay. They,
2: alone could they, stay. They
3: need to play that more, if anything.
1: No, the only the only thing I had about alone, I think he's bringing it up because that was back in Memphis And I said alone. Um, I had heard it in back-to-back shows, so
3: oh, that's right, that's right. I do Yeah, so
1: one day said we, you know, this is one for the serious collectors. I'm like, oh well, now I have, now I have two of them. What am I gonna do with two? So,
2: you get those double <laughs> Pokemon cards, you know?
1: Oh sh! <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, this is a song that I probably have about nine or ten of, and I can't have uh, enough of. I'll, I'll collect this song as much as possible. It's go, and it ends the first set, and. You know outside of the two Eddie songs that you know came earlier in in the in the night uh, this was a set with 12 songs and it's pretty short but you know a lot of this you have to think a lot of hits were left off the show too like even Flowing better man Jeremy black um, this is not uh, I, no corduroy yeah that I, I that was weird yeah no corduroy is that that's a that's a strange one to me. You know, you know what in though,
2: that. in this set though, when you when you step back and look at it,
1: uh,
2: corduroy it is a
1: different demeanor.
2: It's a different demeanor. Corduroy almost seems out of place in a set like this. It's uh, a lot of those songs just don't seem like they're going to work, even though they're the biggest ones, the ones you expect to hear, especially in a short set like this. Uh, they're doing a lot of covers and they're not doing corduroy, but you you have to go with with this motif of, of the night and this, this feel that they're going for. And then it, it makes sense to why they're not there.
3: I, I just feel I feel like they could have I feel like there wasn't really a good replacement for it either though. Maybe maybe animal, maybe maybe brain, brain of, J, of J, J
2: actually it, it also- that's
1: brain of J is in the corduroy spot. The one thing that I was gonna say, if yeah. I can bring this up, um is that I think that's the one tweak in this set That you can say is kind of an uncommon show instead of a show. And what I mean by that is if Corduroy was in that Brain of J spot, it would feel like you got more of those hits because Corduroy's there, Given a the Fly is there, Go is there, Animal's there. Those are songs that are pretty consistent, but you take Corduroy out of the equation, you put in Brain of J, and then you have Love Boat, Captain Half Full, a couple of covers, Sad as a live debut. It seems like a pretty uncommon show, and it feels more special that way. It's just the one yeah. little change.
2: But, but a lot of those songs, those really common ones, those arena rock type songs – this this show is is more on the um, I don't know if timid is the right word, but it's it's, it's subdued, it's timid, and yeah, maybe Corduroy just doesn't fit. Maybe uh, a, a even Flow doesn't fit. Maybe you know, it's this is a very interesting show.
1: Yeah, and uh, like we said, Go ends the first set, and uh, I'm gonna read everything here because. Encore number one. We're not going to play any of what Eddie's going to say. I'm just going to read my notes, and then if we want to comment, we can. Uh, Ed says he wants to sip wine before he speaks. says it's nice to drink wine with your friends. And the tour is a number of phone calls disguised as a tour. You think all of the people you shared music and nights and experience with, and you wonder what they feel and how they're thinking. Since we didn't have your numbers, we just came to your house. Eddie mentions Johnny Ramone and says this was shortly after his death. And the two had a great relationship. This has been you know, documented all throughout their history. Uh, they were very, very good friends. Um, by the way, Ed, Ed talks to a crowd member, and I thought it was really funny because at this point he's like, I can't hear you. I, I need a better connection on a cellular phone. And I just like the way he says it
2: uh, cellular telephonic device. Right. Because
1: he, at the time he's, he's saying it as like a, Ooh, you, you're such a special person with a cell phone. Now he would have been like, uh, you know, need a better connection. He wouldn't even say cell phone. He would just say phone. It's you know. exactly.
2: It's <laughs> yeah. just
1: moving into my new place this week. We, you know, set up the cable and everything like that. And they're like, Oh, did you order a phone package? I'm like, no, who the hell has house phones anymore? What <laughs> house phones? You can text me. Screw you. Uh, anyway, to go into this for. Uh, though Johnny was a hardcore Republican, they were able to talk and disagree and find common ground. And this election isn't about hate; it's finding the best way through all of this. We we're voting on behalf of the Earth, and he, yeah, I. Just wrote, history is repeating itself. <laughs> um, talks about participation. Yeah, it's a,
2: it's, a, it's a bit of a deja vu happening. It really
1: is. But, you know, those who don't learn from history get this. Uh, talks about participation keeping it alive. And you hear a lot of banging on the metal scoreboard there. And we'll get into that from a comment from a fan later. Uh, talks of hope that soldiers can come home safe and how our world here needs to be better. And that's why... Everybody should participate in the vote. So he asks if anybody's undecided. This is is pretty funny. Undecided is very dangerous. People with mullets, that's indecision. Do I want it long? Do I want it short? (laughs) Says there are a lot of indecisive people in Canada, and that's the only thing that looks bad about Canada these days. (laughs) And then he thanks the fans for taking his phone call about to play. He's out by himself, by the way, no band. Um, and says this is for all the rich guys who love it when you don't vote and man is this song ever if you needed this song at any time this is now this is at this point now that you need to look at this song and see how relevant it is uh off of the third the third by song jeez this like you said before, it was close enough to yield. This is only four years after my now. So yeah. we're getting, uh, you know, Eddie Uke here and uh, here's Soon Forget. The, when they were in Toronto a couple years ago they did the binaural uh, uh, full full album and I remember Eddie saying that this was specific it's not dedicated to Donald Trump but this is specifically written for people like him who value um, value money and value um, objects over life over, you know, human decency, I suppose, over, uh, um, connections with people and, and love and values. And, and I really, you know, without, you know, I'm trying to be as bipartisan as possible and it's very hard not to be. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you that your views are shit because I would never do something like that. But uh, I do feel like this song has such a connection to what we're going with right now.
3: Um, well, uh, I think, I don't know if this is where you want me to get into it, but I think this is a, a great example of when Ed uses the microphone in an effective manner. Yeah. Um, he, uh, you know, there were times, I, I wasn't on your show for the first Boston show of this year. Oh, you hated um, it. But that was one of the most disappointing Pearl Jam shows I've ever been to. Um, and had he just, he just talked so much and i have nothing against when Eddie talks, but he just rambled incoherently. Um, this is one of the uh, moments when he actually has, he has access to the microphone. He has a, a solid point to make. Um, he has some fun with it. Uh, he doesn't just come out and get on a soapbox. He you know tries to be funny. Um, and I think, Pretty successfully in some places, um, but he used the he used the, the time uh, effectively, not just <laughs> rambling incoherently yeah. uh, right. and taking away time for us to hear songs. So um, and and, then, and th- this is what this tour was about, right? Was to you know you know bring people um, uh, out to the to the to the voting booths. Um, yes, definitely with a bias as far as which tour, you know, which side, rather, I should say. Um, but you know, I feel like if he hadn't used this opportunity, it definitely would have been a waste. Uh, so I feel like he did a good job with that.
2: Yeah, uh, I was just going to say I love that we can cover this here because it's very fitting for the timing of of our episode for you know the voting uh, for the elections next week, and it, it is a great foreshadow from 2004 to today and it's i guess we're lucky we're lucky uh in the podcast world that it worked out that way we're not really lucky (laughs) as a whole hopefully i guess i guess we'll soon see having said that this song sounds like shit it is a it's it's it doesn't sound good and it also it kind of brings me back to saying where i feel like eddie eddie kind of had had to find his feet with with stuff like this um, I'm watching the video. I have never seen somebody look so freaking uncomfortable <laughs> playing a guitar or ukulele and singing a song. You
3: you're, you're seriously going to make me come out and defend a Eddie Vedder solo I song that I've never just, seen
2: that. No, no no no. Listen. <laughs> listen, uh, the song is the song is fine, but I'm not I'm not going to lie and said it sounded good because it didn't it sounded terrible.
3: I I I mean it but it sounded it sounded like
2: I don't know what it was supposed to be. I think it was. It's
1: well. Wh- how much different is that than when he was playing accordion for bugs uh, in in Philly last show? That, that that he doesn't play accordion either. He obviously got better at ukulele, but
2: yeah, obviously, but yeah. You know what? I listening back on our on our episode. I I guess I just I don't know how I missed it, but I meant to say that. Uh, It is. I mean, he can't keep time with that freaking accord. It is so it is horrible. It is horrible. It's Um, it's probably
1: heavy, too. And it's got so many keys to it. But
2: dude, dude, it's it's bugs. I don't that that doesn't bother me. That's fine. Right. Because it's because it's bugs. I'm not going to lie and say it sounded good.
3: I mean, I, I don't. I don't think it was an all-time great performance of any of a song,
1: but I. I, I no, knew-
2: every Better Man performance is great. Yes,
1: we have to say, <laughs> we have to say that every time. Don't you
2: listen to our podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if, if Better Man was in this set, it would have been a fantastic performance.
1: <laughs> man, and can't find a better vote, or you know, John Kerry can't find a better man.
4: That, that <laughs> yeah, no. something
1: would have been
3: said. They did. That was a missed opportunity.
1: Maybe, maybe on one of the other shows in this tour, maybe in Michigan or something. Uh, crowd chants for either Bruce or Boom, and Ed says they haven't mixed up. Bruce is in Philly, but he introduces Boom, which is pretty close. And Matt probably likes him better.
2: I will remember. Um, this is this is a memory that will always stick in my head. This this woman was sitting next to me, and I don't know if it was a boyfriend or or a husband, uh, but you could tell who the who the pearl jam fan was and who was just kind of along because his girlfriend or wife had an extra ticket and she was nice enough to bring her boyfriend or husband and he goes he goes why are they booing him and i was like oh, oh no. god <laughs> yeah, there's always one there's always one and and he happened to be sitting right next oh, to me oh, <laughs> it's classic
1: uh, well you, you learn you learn quick enough but Anyway, uh, this is all acoustic for the next four songs or so, uh, and the first one is "Elderly Woman." There's a false start, uh, but
2: I think that was Stone's fault too. Yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. That might have been that might have been Stone. You you might be right. I can't remember what the false start was at this point, but
2: yeah, I think he um, I think he miscounted uh, in the beginning, but but Eddie counts them in. Is one, two, three, four, two, three. Exactly. How uh, can
1: you miss that?
2: Uh, he got excited <sighs> to, to play an acoustic do. elderly woman, I guess you get excited for.
1: They uh, just like given a fly, they kind of uh, pace this a little differently. It feels way more. I mean, it's not like this is paced. I'll say it in a second when we get into, into crazy Mary. Um, it's not like it's paced you know fast when we hear it now but this just felt like there was more tempo to it it felt more yeah this was stripped uh, down
2: or you know even more stripped down than than usual it gives it that feel
1: yeah and um you know it it's it, it does feel like it's more heartfelt than when done otherwise but you know that's saying a lot so you know
2: yeah, I, th- I thought it sounded really, really good. And I I, li- I like uh, how you said heartfelt there because I, I agree. I thought it sounded heartfelt. I thought it sounded really, really good for a song that I don't, you know, I, I don't miss it if it's not played, but it's th- this, this sounded really good.
1: Now let's get into another cover here. Uh, I want to want us to listen to it a little bit because I really feel like Eddie does Bob Dylan justice in this song. Um, they don't they don't do it too much anymore. When they do, it's appropriate. So um here's Masters of War.
0: I just won't you do?
1: another cover it really fits the protest anti-war message of the night and uh it's not a cover that I loved when I when I heard it live in Boston a couple of years ago but it really has grown on me um your thoughts guys Steve uh one
3: of my all-time favorite songs uh one of the few Bob Dylan songs I really like um uh Bob Dylan is not my cup of tea I think it was a great song writer, but there's very few songs, uh, that I actually like to listen to that he sings. But for some reason, this was one of his that, um, that I really, really love, uh, his voice on. Um, and, uh, I think you're right that, uh, Eddie does a great job of matching the tone, uh, you know, spiritually, if you will, not necessarily the, the, the musical tone. Cause of course, you know, no one can really sound like Dylan, but, um, and then, uh, it's funny that they, they kind of like lose, they get like totally out of sync at one point in the song, which is uh, the same thing that they've done uh, with the song at, at, at other shows uh, as well. So I, it's weird that they keep doing the same thing uh, with the song. And then they kind of do the same like rhythm to get back into the swing of things to get resynchronized, And then, and then Eddie starts singing again.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. My only note on this was again, Kind of a shitty cover. Uh, didn't sound great, and it was no one's fault. Like it wasn't Eddie's fault. It was Mike didn't sound good. Eddie was Eddie was he was okay. That leads me to my my next note is it's still better than Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. so even, even when it's not played that great, uh, and again, I'm not pointing the blame at anyone. It was I just feel like as a whole band, Steve, as you said, a uh, little wishy washy here and there. Yeah. Still better than dylan but you guys know i'm not I'm, I'm i'm with you i love bob dylan when when he's played by literally anybody anybody I else
1: <laughs> yes. which is pretty much all the time throughout the whole decade <laughs> in the 60s yeah.
2: one of the um uh, great, greatest greatest ever. song no one of the greatest songwriters of, of oh, all time uh, yeah. i just uh, should have left it at that but um they're making the set list uh to make a point And, and it, it it fits that bill perfectly. So I, I can't even be upset about it really, because I mean, it fits definitely, definitely for
3: those of you listening home, look for other versions of Pearl jam covering this song because there are other versions out there where the, the, like the anger and vitriol that, that it has behind them are just, just so much more visceral than they are in this version because they don't, they don't lose that, that, that rhythm and they don't get unsynced. Um, and he's kind of able to just tear it up from beginning to end. And it's, it's, it's a really great cover
1: when they nail it. Um, still an acoustic set here. Uh, it's nothing, man. And Ed says this was originally when they were supposed to play Bush leader. And he says the approach is to play a love song instead. Um, man, I thought they they would end up playing Bush leader at all of these shows, but, uh, it didn't happen. Um, is it too obvious? Does it feel like it's kind of overdoing it by doing Bush and, and, you know, uh, the, is it not needed because the message is, is clearly mm. sent?
2: Um, I don't think they're, uh, they're a band that really cares if it's overdoing it. You know, you, you talk about a message being sent. Um, y- you might even say this whole tour would be overdoing it. I mean, they're really well, plugging well, yeah. along here, you know, um, so I don't think doing one song um, would would uh, cause people to feel like, oh, well, like, whoa, whoa, dude, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> um, oh, no,
1: but, they're, they're, they're putting on a George Bush mask. How dare they?
2: Right. So, you see, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's. Uh, I'm not sure.
1: Um, again, another one. This one feels slower than normal. Um I'll get into the stats on this one another time. I just want to move on. Um, but there's, this was the only time, uh, the 60th time they played it. So, uh, which doesn't feel right looking at it today and how heavy this is in rotation today. But, okay, so here, next song in is Crazy Mary, which is another one that they played in Boston that they're playing at this show. Um, and now it, it's such a longer version, and... I you can replace the lyrics in this song to from take a bottle drinking down, and this is how I feel for almost the whole set. Like you said, it's a little subdued. Um, you can change the lyrics of the song to define what the show is. From changing it from take a bottle drink it down to puff puff pass. Okay. <laughs> I, am I am I right on that? Is it more? Did did he change the lyric to that? No, I, this is my thing. I because I, I think it's just a, oh. a slower pace. It's
2: I got to be honest with you. I I'm 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 kind of confused.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Steve, are you confused? What uh, am I? So you're saying
3: you're saying you're saying if he had changed it, it would be fitting for this particular show. Uh, I guess
1: I didn't explain that well. Uh, you know right. what? You know what? How
2: about, how about this? It, it certainly would be fitting for this encore one
1: there you go okay I, I'm saying the whole set because we were talking about giving a fly before and the kind of how the pacing was subdued and if you were to change the lyrics from take a bottle drink it down to puff puff pass that would define kind of the subdued mentality of this show
4: uh, uh
2: I, I, I can I can see where you're coming from yeah.
1: All right. Now, now we're on the same page. It might have needed two explanations.
2: I think um, it would it would definitely work for encore one. It, it's a it would yes that would work there for sure.
1: It, this was such a long version. This was like. If Crazy Mary was in a God of De Vita. yeah,
2: um, This is closer to kind of like, you know, their recorded version, a little slower. Again, I don't think it's about them purposely speeding up songs. We've talked about this before, you know, if they're trying to fit in more songs or if they're just trying to give this really kind of eventful performance now with each song. But again, I think it just adds to the progression of the bands to where they were. To where they are now uh, maybe they were playing things a little closer to, to tempo back then and you know they've moved on to now you know speeding some stuff up it's not that big of a difference but it definitely is closer to how they originally uh, performed it but it, it sounds good another one of my top songs to hear live from them and uh, it's a good one
3: anything Steve well uh, no, I um, no I, it's it was one of my favorite covers for a long time Uh, I'm kind of at the point where I could take it or leave it. It's great when I hear it, but if I don't hear it, I'm not super disappointed. Um, yeah.
1: I'm more on, I, I love hearing it. And I think that this version was awesome because it just, it felt like such a, a chilled out version of the song. And again, you know, it, it really, the longer version really felt like, you know, if you were if you were stoned listening to this and I, I said stoned, not stone uh, listening to this, you know, hey, either or, ex- well, it, maybe it's the same. Yeah. Uh, just kind of spread out on your couch, you know, listening to it on vinyl, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be having a, yourself a, a good time, just enjoying the vibes.
2: I think it really wraps up this encore one too.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh,
2: I mean, it literally does. Cause it's cause it, of, of where it is, but, uh, I, I mean, it's placed well,
1: right. Uh, Ed says he hopes the other guys playing the vote for change shows are having a good time. Cause they obviously are. and says last night's debate was powerful stuff and trying to keep things, things fair. He'll play this next one to the back. I don't remember the debate, but I think you mentioned it before, uh, Steve. Uh, I, I don't remember anything about the debate, yeah. but,
3: yeah, I, I I remember this vividly. The the first debate was kind of like a um it was kind of like a toss-up as far as who did better. The second debate, Kerry just freaking trounced Bush and it was just like like no no one's gonna vote for this guy. There's no way anybody could possibly vote for you know, W again. Um Kerry made him look just like a look like a fool. Uh <laughs> and <sighs> we all know what happened but uh, <laughs> but for, for but for this one night you're <laughs> we having watched that debate and then going to the show it was like this this high of yes we're finally going to get get some change and get get things back to where they should be um yeah
1: you know it wasn't since his father uh george bush senior um yeah. it Every time somebody has faced an incumbent, they've they've lost since then. Uh, Bob Dole, and then uh, then John Kerry, and then a couple of years ago, what's his uh, face? Mitt, um, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Thank you. Yeah, who's running for governor or senator in Utah this year? Um, uh, yeah. So hopefully things kind of revert back to. Uh, you know where I, you know what I'm saying. You know where I'm going with this. I don't need
3: hopefully, to. Hopefully, hopefully we can we can break break a trend.
1: Yeah, that's 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 the best way I can say it right now. And we're not breaking a trend of uh, of us hating Last Kiss, are we? Because screw this song, right?
2: What my favorite song in the world?
1: <sighs> maybe saying maybe me saying screw screw Last Kiss is going to make me lose a couple <laughs> fans. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's
4: gonna.
1: <laughs> you know. Here I'll. I'll. I'll try to bring them back for you, Randy. I like Last Kiss,
3: especially when they play it especially especially when they play it to the back. That's uh, what they were doing. Having, here. what? Having having sat having sat in the back behind the stage a few times when they turn around and play Last Kiss. It, it's fairly cool. Again, it's a song that I if I'd never heard it again, I would not be terribly upset about it. But uh it's it's a it's a pretty cool thing when they play it when they turn around and play it to the back.
2: Wow, Steve! Um, I feel like I need I need one of those Tim Allen. Uh... Uh?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't I get, It's 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 far from my favorite, but when they when they do that and play it to the play it to the people in the back, it's a pretty cool moment of the show, especially if you're the person sitting in the back.
1: Have you ever heard the actual, I don't, I think this is the original version, the Wayne Cochran version. That sounds like fifties oh, yeah. driving. Oh, where, oh, yeah. where, where,
2: I mean, Oh yeah. You've seen pictures of that guy, right? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to, you want to laugh. He's got this guy up. Yeah. He's got
1: the hair that's to the ceiling. He's got like a little kerchief and, um, it, it he is rockabilly and all things defined rockabilly.
3: Yeah, I, I was at Virginia Tech uh, when the um, oh gosh, what was the name of the album? The Kosovo support album uh, when they were raising money. And that that last kiss was on. That was what I, think was, I think that's the opening track. Yeah, it is. Uh, I can't I just can't remember the name of the album. Kosovo. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, support for uh, support for. Kosovo. So they, um, <laughs> of course, being Southwest Virginia. Uh, they played the Pearl Jam version every once in a while, but they also got the original version into rotation heavily on the radio uh,
2: <laughs> when that when that song was out being popular. It's kind of like how uh, no one knows who Toto is, but if you turn on the, the radio right <laughs> yeah. now, all you hear is Weezer's uh, cover of Africa.
1: Or Alien Ant Farm and uh, Smooth Criminal.
2: Uh, yes, good. Yes, yeah. that's another good one. Uh so it was called No Boundaries a benefit for the Kosovo refugees. That's
1: what No I Boundaries. Yeah.
2: Um if you want it 5.99 on Amazon, used very good condition. Compact disc. Or you could get the cassette for 2.99 <laughs> plus $4 shipping.
1: Does it come with a cassette player cuz I might need one? <laughs> Does it come with like an 82 Honda?
2: Yeah. Um
1: <laughs> uh, Daughter's next. And the best thing about daughter here is the best dad joke of the night, or not dad joke, but reference, I suppose, of the night. Uh, there's, it's it's
2: it's fatherly.
1: It's anyway. fun, fa- of course. Uh, father, why? When you said fatherly, the first thing that came to my mind was. Fatherly woman behind the counter in a small town.
2: Oh, yes, the sequel yet to be written. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna move on to the to the tag and daughter, and it's Blitzkrieg Bop. And instead of hey, ho, let's go, which they don't sing it like that anyway, it's hey ho, let's vote back and forth, back and forth, back and forth.
2: See, that makes sense. That's that's a good that's a good one.
1: It feels like not just with the hey-ho, let's vote part, but it feels like the whole ending, they get off course with Daughter in a good way, and they get a little faster and a little edgier with it. And uh, I, I, I do like that part, even though like Daughter Live, I think, is just kind of just there. I, I, I don't like Daughter for Daughter. I like it for the tags, essentially, now. Uh, this That part was all really good.
2: Uh, yeah, the, uh, I've discussed before and in, in other episodes, I don't, uh, tags don't really mean anything to me unless it's something I haven't heard before. Uh, or
1: was it a snippet? Was this a snippet? Not a tag. Should I be
2: using the correct oh, right. podcast terminology? <laughs> podcast terminology, but something like this is, is really fun. Of course. I, you know what? I listening back. I even liked how this, uh, I liked how daughter sounded here. Uh, okay. uh again, take it or leave it. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about, about Daughter here.
3: Yeah, I, I thought it was a great version. Uh song I, I enjoy quite a bit. I do like the tags, but um, I don't think that they're needed for me to enjoy Daughter. I, I think it stands well on its own. Uh,
1: the next is another cover, and it's another political cover. Dead Kennedy's classic. And I actually never knew that they did this before researching this set. It's only been played eight times in their history from... 2004 to 2005 and uh, just like uh, Eddie did a good Bob Dylan he does a good Jello Biafra too Um, Mm -hmm. and the original this song was originally written in the 80s when uh, uh, Ronald Reagan was in office and you know a lot of the same you know mentality I think it was way more of a conservative country back then Uh, but you know there were a lot of people that that really Didn't didn't like the the Reagan presidency either. Even though I I remember old bosses that came up to me and just said, "How is Reagan not have a statue in Washington D.C.?" And I'm just like, "Ah, (laughs) because he's an actor. (laughs)
4: Uh,
1: So and yeah, look, I'm not making you know that people love Reagan, and you are entitled to love Reagan if you'd like. But the um the words, and lyrics of the of the song that the Dead Kennedys wrote were "When Cowboy Ronnie comes to town," and this was changed to "When Cowboy Georgie comes to town." So I really like that part.
2: Yeah, I like how they kind of they brought this back and tied it into a, a modern day uh, uh, version.
3: Matt, what was, what was the name of the bar that we used to go to? Uh it was on it was like lexington lexington and 20 something uh god it was like it was like down the stairs uh
2: do you you don't don't
3: remember the bar i'm talking about
2: no i can only think of telephone and ryan's
3: (sighs) no there was another one it was it was uptown a little bit further um and they they had right around the same time they had uh uh, they did like stand-up comedy, political stand-up comedy, and like spoken word stuff. Uh, and I saw Janine Garofalo there.
2: Uh, oh yeah, we, we we've both seen Janine Garofalo like a hundred times in yeah. the city. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, I saw her perform there. Okay. Um, and
3: uh, Jello Biafra also performed. He did some of his spoken word stuff. And I forget if it was right after this or right before it. But but like the the Dead Kennedy uh, cover and him seeing him do his present his uh, performance were like. You know, within a couple of weeks of each other, and yeah, that that was just a pretty cool, pretty cool thing from that.
2: Yeah, I wish I could remember the place you're talking about, though.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's there anymore. Unfortunately, I was, would, I would, I would, I up, would,
2: I would venture a, a, a guess uh, to and say probably not. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, I don't know. There's nothing left in New York City that. Was I know.
1: There. I know. It sucks. I would, I would kill for them to pull out a holiday in Cambodia cover one of these days I feel Oh like my god that'd be awesome. He would crush it.
3: <laughs> crush it. Yeah, absolutely. That would be really yeah.
2: cool. I just remember that from what it was one of like the what was like maybe Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 Sounds or great. something that was <laughs> Yeah, there was always a really good one to skate to. Uh
1: after that they said they said they had to get it out of their system and he introduces very tall man Tim Robbins to the stage and uh, that's not the role he's playing. It's just who he is. And they do X Song, uh, The New World. And I want to hear it, so let's play it.
0: Do you have call her? I said yes, because I did. I used to a teaser before and all over this country's face. Now it's better before,
1: This seemed. Uh, this was kind of their every night thing when they were with Gob Roberts on this tour. They played this song with Tim, and um, I. I love this song. I think it is so soothing to me. I think just the rhythm of it and the vibe to it is just. It's it's very sing-songy and it just very. I guess it has that like classic folksy vibe with like a little bit of like catchy punk in it. And I, I guess if, if that's the best way I can explain it, um, you know, I, I really do like the sound of the song. Does uh, that make sense how I explained it or.
2: I mean, you know, not, not to mention seeing Tim Robbins up there performing a song with Pearl. Well, Chandler. that's amazing. Is, in itself, is, yes. That, that, you know what, <laughs> that good enough for me, uh, Steve, how about you?
3: Yeah, I, I, X, I think, is one of the most underrated bands uh, out there. So to have Pearl Jam cover one of those songs is definitely a cool thing to see. Um, you, and then to have them do it with Tim Robbins, of course, is just, just adds a little bit of extra awesomeness to it. So I thought it was a pretty cool moment.
2: X was, they were like, they were late 70s, right?
1: Yeah, into the 80s. Or, or maybe like
2: like very early 80s. I, I, I didn't... In- I know of them, but I did not. I should have researched them a little bit more before coming in. They totally. I'm, I'm trying mind.
1: to remember what Eddie said. Okay. I think it was this. Cause uh, PJ 20, uh, John Doe. It wasn't X. I think it was just John Doe. And, um, right. Uh, and he was performing with somebody else. I can't remember the woman's name, but um, they, I think they did golden state with Eddie. And I really, really loved that song at the time. Um, Eddie, at the first night of PJ 20 says he goes through all the bands that were playing. know, he says, it's not just PJ 20, but it's the strokes 12. It's the Queens of the stone age 18 or whatever right. it was. And he said something like it's John doe 35. So take that from 2011 and give <laughs> or take. Yeah. Like late seventies ish. That makes sense. Yeah. For yes. Sure. I, I thought it was 35. I, could I be wrong? Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he did do that for every single one. I thought that was a really cool touch. Um, so they go from New World into Alive. I I had no notes on Alive.
2: No, no notes. Uh, it sounded great.
1: Yeah. Did anybody have any notes on it?
2: I, just, I forgot to mention that there are moments here where um, the sound started to get a little better. And I felt like the ba- I, towards the end, yeah, yeah, the band was starting to they they were playing they were playing like a band. It wasn't like a well oiled machine on this night. It was more of of a of a of an energy, uh, a crowd energy, a a message type thing. And uh, they weren't out there to be perfect. They were they were out there to you know do this do this thing uh, that that was uh, a special and and a, a quick tour, and it, it just made it really real. But yeah, yeah, this Vancore too. They kind of reeled it in a little bit more. It started started to sound a little better.
1: Um, yeah. If that's all we have about Alive, then that's that's all we have, Steve. Anything? No,
2: no, yeah. nothing. I I mean,
3: standard, pretty standard version. I think I thought it sounded
1: good, but uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing specific. Right. To add. So, uh, we got two more left here, and Ed introduces folks uh, in the band. He said. He was going to play a song regarding the debate last night, a Neil Young song with the chorus, why do I keep fucking up? Uh, can't, we won't tell you what candidate that was, so you can figure it out for yourself. <laughs> Unfortunately, this, these elections did outcome did not work in the bands or many people in attendance favor. Uh, that's what I wrote. We've talked about it all to all time. We'll, we'll see what the democratic party has for us in two years. Um, on to Bob O'Reilly, and the first thing I have to say about it is that Mike totally misses the first solo. Oh,
3: yeah, it's brutal. He
1: botched that.
3: Yeah, that's. It's really hard to listen to. It's bad news.
2: <laughs> you know, what's really hard to listen to uh, about that. Is uh, not how he tried to make up for it, but it, it's. It was just total dead air, and no one is playing a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What I what I loved about it was uh was why I I don't hate it is because this whole song, Mike is all over the stage. He does not stop for one second. He's running around. He's flipping around. He's doing all this stuff. So he misses his cue, and you on the on the video you see Jeff and Jeff kind of just looks at him, and Mike is still running in circles and stops and tries to pick it back up. Can't do it. He just waits out the rest of it. And then they come back into it. But what I love about it was that he then goes up, he says to the crowd, he points to himself and goes, I fucked up and then goes right back into maniac mode, (laughs) which I love.
1: (laughs) It's like a little kid that drinks soda and he's running around, he's running around. Then he went, he finally knocks a vase over. He's like, Sorry, and then it kind of goes back to running
2: around. It was the perfect end to Mike's night because this was this was
1: it was a tough night for him.
2: He was off a lot. He again, it could be a venue problem. Maybe he was having issues hearing himself. Whatever it could have been, this was not Mike's night. And then I just loved that kind of the culmination of the whole thing at the end, where he's like, "I fucked up. That's it." He
1: didn't write the song, but he fucked it up. That's right. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: you know what it sounded like. It sounded like when you play Guitar Hero, and you just totally botch the solo. It's like, burk, 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 and, and, and then the crowd just starts, Boo,
2: <laughs> Boo. it almost sounds like that's where they got the idea for, this, for, for the game. <laughs> it's, it's exactly that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Mike fucked up pretty bad. Why don't a bunch of stupid college kids uh, that have this in their dorm room? That, that, that would sound funny too. Exactly. Oh man. Uh, you know what? He
2: picked it back up though. Oh, exactly. No, that's what I, he made up. That's what, I, that's what I mean. He goes, he just goes right back to what he was doing. What caused him to miss his cue in the first place, because it was high energy and it's, that's what Mike does. He just, he just missed it this time and, and he made it better.
1: Um, that's the 10th of the 10th cover of 26 songs played. So 10 covers, 16 originals. That's a pretty, uh, pretty even, uh, even out there right. compared to other shows. I mean, 26 is not a long set in comparison to what they've done in the past, but um, for 10 songs to be covers, and, and I'm not bothered by any of this, and I don't think I would be bothered. I feel like this is a show that you need to pull out the covers for because yeah. the covers aren't. Nec- we've been saying this all show the co- covers aren't necessarily just like oh we want to play, we want to play Bob Dylan, we want to play Dead Kennedys. No, it's all you know. We're doing these songs for a purpose. We're doing these songs because the message.
2: These songs, sans Last Kiss," all have. Uh, their place and they're they're all here for a reason
1: uh even lead better
2: well that's as you call the bread and butter
1: yeah it is bread and butter but you usually call it the walk back to your car song
2: we've discussed this before i think buckley might have mentioned it sometimes lead better is like the 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 exact thing that you need at the end of a pearl jam show and sometimes it's the it's the last thing that you want to hear who knows? Maybe this night uh, it could have been a time where I, I really enjoyed it, or I just wasn't sick of it yet. <laughs> I still
3: think it's a it's a it, it serves its purpose. It's a song to close out a Pearl Jam show, just like you know you just kind of like corduroy kind of sets the the tone for the show. Ledbetter kind of closes it out. Uh, I think it's the. the yeah, the, the only reason I don't like it is because, you know, the show's over. <laughs> it's like, <"Aw." laughs> ah, yeah. but I, I still it's, think it's a great song.
2: Right, right. And I'm going to actually defend it on this one because I think for a set that's shorter, that has 10 covers, that is super off balance and off key and off just just really a really different set for a completely different type of tour led better at the end is it's got to be the go to you know this is baba o'reilly into led better this is this is what this is what you have to do
1: and mike made up for his uh his botch on baba oh yeah with with this um he was he was awesome at the end of the song and usually you're hearing like little wing or national anthem or something else that he mixes in. Now he just, he just kind of went, you know, originally just kind of finished the song. And yep. It was, it was a good ending to a really, really solid show. Um, also Eddie changed the lyrics. Uh, I, I, oh, I still right. don't know what the fuck he's saying, but he changed them. <laughs> so,
2: Oh, it's, you know, what's funny that we've been mentioning this whole time. Corduroy Corduroy was in soundcheck.
1: check. Yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't know that.
2: I had that.
1: I didn't even check. I, I had zone. that
2: written down. I had corduroy. You are sad. Nothing, man. And growing up.
1: You are, would have fit in this set. I think so. All right. Let's rate this one. What do you guys think? Right. What are you thinking? Uh, here?
2: Steve, you want to go first?
3: Uh, yeah, I'll give this a solid. Um, I'll say a solid eight. Uh, I think it was a, I, I say it's that high because um, you got lots of stuff that you don't normally hear. Uh, the energy of the crowd really picked it up a lot. Um, and, again, I, I kind of rate my – based my ratings on the whole experience and the experience of the show from, from the uh, cop telling us that, uh, you know, when we first arrived that, you know, it was anarchy in the PA tonight, you know, whatever you want to do. We're, whatever you want to do, just go mental. We're like, okay, uh, that's pretty swell. And then uh, um, you know, the, just the energy of the crowd and the hopefulness of everything that um, you know that that it represented, I think, was was very very um, memorable and awesome. Uh, and then you've got you know, like I said, the the rare songs uh, that were pretty pretty great to hear. Um, so uh, I think a lot of the even the the fuck ups and stuff like that. I kind of think came along with the fact that this was um, a show that was, had a, a different purpose. It wasn't there, they weren't there to promote Pearl Jam per se. They were there to, you know, kind of get people energized and maybe they weren't as prepared for it as they might have been for other shows. And I feel like that kind of just added more to the camaraderie of the we're all in this together and we're doing what we need to do even if we're not totally prepared to do it. So, um, I think that made the show pretty special. So, uh, I'd, I'd put it up there about at eight.
2: All right. That sounds good. Um, do you want me to go next Randy?
1: Yeah, I'm waiting for you. You guys, uh, both together. My opinion doesn't matter as much. So
2: well, <laughs> No, everyone's, everyone's opinion matters, but,
1: yeah, but I'm saying you guys have that experience. I'm just sitting here covering a podcast.
2: So the show had purpose. This was, this was um, a show that that was out of a a, a really unique and different kind of tour, um, a lot going on at the time. Um, yeah, uh, Steve, as you said, the fact that you know you and I probably could have ran around the streets and purged if we <laughs> wanted to, uh, because no no one was paying attention.
1: I'm actually watching <laughs> the purge right now, which is really funny.
2: I got Halloween going right now, but yeah, uh, you know the drive down, listening to Riot Act, listening to. Uh, American Idiot you know we drove back that night and uh, it was a very early Pearl Jam show for me I'm gonna give it a 7.5 I'm gonna go up to the point five and give it a little bit more I was gonna give it a seven because a lot of the good outweighs the bad but in my opinion just because it's a shorter set and because it's a it's a unique type of show and they don't have any control over the sound. It's not an excuse for them to be as sloppy as they were in a lot of places, which they were. So I, I can't excuse them for that. But uh, yeah, a lot of pros for me. And uh, I was, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that I was able to uh, see uh, a show out of this tour. So 7.5 for me. Okay. I'm um, um, uh, a, a, gener- a generous 7.5, just because I thought they were a little yeah. sloppy. Uh, but I got to meet, you know what? You know what? Screw it. I got to meet tim robbins so um i'm gonna get uh, you know never mind uh, it, it, I'll, I'll give it an eight because i got to meet tim robbins oh
4: <laughs>
3: buzzer. the buzzer wait I, I i didn't get to meet tim robbins should i drop it to a 7.5 i'm just kidding <laughs> okay,
2: okay. Uh, at, the, at the last uh, the, uh, the 11th hour here steve and I's trade ratings
1: <laughs> uh i have um I, I you know the the more you guys say it and the more that we covered it, I was going to give it a lower rating than I am now. Um, I I like this show. I think it, I think it's really good, and I think compared to the other shows on this tour, uh, it, it's they they do a lot of similar stuff where it's you know pretty short. First, first sets and then very acoustic encore, maybe some surprises here and there and some guests here and there and some covers here and there. But, you know, like Matt said, there, there were mistakes in this, in this show. There were glaring mistakes. Mike was not 100% perfect, as we talked about, but things that made up for it were the pacing of the songs and because we've been kind of in the lightning bolt slash – Backspacer uh, era starting this podcast. This is the first time we've we've dove into another album. Uh, yeah, this is a
2: this is a big change. Things for, are big change for what we've been covering.
1: Things are a lot different. It's um, you know, and we're starting to learn that the, the way they play things now aren't necessarily how they did it back. In even in 2004, which was 14 years ago. So, you know, it was nice to hear those things. It was nice to hear a slower version of Given a Fly. It was nice to hear a chilled-out, longer version of Crazy Mary, even though it's a pretty long song to begin with. And, um, you know, and the message and the crowd's energy were both just top-notch, too. So what I was going into... This show giving a six point five. I'm ending up with a seven now.
2: Okay, I think that's fair.
1: So yeah, and again, you know, uh, maybe maybe if this had a an official bootleg, it would help help its cause in my eyes. But you know, uh, not not much you can do about that. So you know, I think a seven is pretty is pretty good for where this show stands. Right. You guys, you guys want to hear some stories? Sure. First one is from Sofa King Mad. Do you get it?
3: I I, I don't get it, Randy. Can you explain it to me? <laughs>
1: Sofa <laughs> King Mad. I, no,
3: I I, say I, I I get it. Say I get it. it together. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: just I just wanted to hear Steve say it.
1: Say it. it. Say the word. <laughs> yeah, sofa, sofa king mad. You're mad because you have a sofa king. You, you want oh, a, uh, a medium sized you. sofa. That's that's yeah. I was looking. I was looking. I was looking for the love seat queen.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is Sofa King Mad from Reddit. Uh, a buddy of uh buddy and I, got front row seats right in front of Mike. Unreal, right? At the time, Leash hadn't been played in God knows how long, so we made signs that said. Play Leash or I Vote Bush. Mikey saw it and he smiled at us and eventually Ed saw it and he gave us that you clever fuckers smile laugh but didn't acknowledge us any further and obviously didn't play the song. We got a kick out of the reaction at least and fast forward to the second show in Los Angeles in 2006. A friend of mine happens to be Tim Robbins' niece and got us to go backstage after the show. I met Eddie, as, as everyone else, I'm starstruck when I speak to him. I thank him for recently starting to play Leash again, and I asked him, knowing that it was a slim chance, if he remembered two idiots in Reading two years prior with the aforementioned sign. So he smiled and laughed, he said he did, and he said it was a clever sign, and they spoke a little longer before leaving, but that, that's pretty cool that Eddie just remembered a moment like that, 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 yeah. How can you forget that though? That's funny. That's really funny. Uh, yeah, that was, good story. Thank you. Sofa King, Mad. Um, this was from the porch from Paso mist. Uh, I bought seats directly behind Matt Cameron from this show and I made a glow in the dark sign that said Cameron's corner. The whole band saw the sign and Matt turned around to check it out He handed me his drumsticks at the end of the show, and I asked him about it two years later, and Matt had no idea what I was talking about. (laughs) So you get two different sides of the spectrum, one where Eddie remembers a couple years later, and the other where Matt has no idea. So it's pretty funny.
3: Uh, Very good dichotomy of stories there. Nice job.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: I, I positioned them this way on purpose. Uh, CD Long Road on Porch I wish I had people's names uh, But oh well That's It's the internet uh, The show in running was indeed great Smaller venue, lots of good good seats The band had, great, uh, had a great night Clearly energized by the cause and the crowd One distinct memory Was the far back center row people I mentioned this very briefly They were sitting directly in front of an old metal scoreboard That they would bang on uh, during the show to make noise, and Eddie was really into it. Do you remember that, guys? No. I don't either, no. You can hear it during one of the encore songs, especially, maybe during during Eddie's speech, and you just hear the bang, 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 bang. bang. It's it's pretty prominent.
2: i got to listen back to that.
1: Yeah. So, thank you, CD Long Road. Uh, this is a Facebook one. This is from Chris Waters. I remember this show. The two guys behind me didn't realize Tim Robbins was the opening act. When Eddie introduces him as the Republican counterpart, to get equal time, he came out in his Gob Roberts character in a wheelchair and everybody was booing. The two guys were pretty upset, saying Eddie was rude and people were horrible for booing an old man. (laughs) I told them it was Tim Robbins and they didn't believe me until he jumped out of his wheelchair and started playing. I also remember there were protesters lined up outside of the arena before the show and waiting after the show by the bus to meet Eddie. The protesters, I believe, were um, pro-life protesters that I read from another comment. This So he actually has a story about a security guy, too. Some overzealous security guy was telling people that were on the sidewalk waiting that they had to leave or they would be arrested for trespassing. What? What? On a night like that?
2: Yeah, uh, that was not the, the, the conversations we had. <laughs>
1: yeah. Nobody moved, but I ended up leaving because the band never came out for a long time and I had a long ride home.
2: We could have driven up and parked on someone's front yard <laughs> and they would have been like, I don't <laughs> care.
1: <It's-> <laughs> <laughs> One last story. And uh, um, I, I like this story because it's just different and it's not long, but it's... You know, it just shows that, you know, this band is for everybody. And sometimes, you know, even if people don't agree with them, they can still find chemistry with them and common ground and, and relate to them. So this is from Darren Mangia Carney. Uh, It almost looks like MAGA, but it's not. Um, A great show in my backyard at the time had a great view of Matt Cameron from behind the stage I'm a fairly conservative person, but I love the band. I remember being asked uh, as I was walking in if I wanted to sign a petition in hopes to get uh, Bush out of office. He's right. He writes the madman out of office. I, smi- I smiled and politely said, I hope to keep him there. She was shocked, and
2: I kept walking on.
1: So, uh, look, you know, it wasn't 100%.
2: Not every single person. At least he was polite about it.
1: Yeah, Um It's all, it's all I ask. That's, that's, it's interesting because I I think that if, if like Kid Rock and granted, I'm, I would never go see Kid Rock if, 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 you know, if Kid Rock was doing an all Pearl Jam cover show, (laughs) I I wouldn't even go see Kid Rock.
2: No, I would, I would, I would have to phone my congressman about something (laughs)
1: like
2: that. (laughs) Try to have it uh, uh, stopped any, any way I could
1: and you know what would have been the would have been the issue that kid rock might have been your congressman that's
2: that's a great point
1: <laughs> but like i'm not going to a kid rock show because i know that's that that i don't share the same feelings as him I, I i have nothing to relate to him to and same with country music this is why i'm not a country music person i i can't relate to it i don't get it yeah but you know Kudos to this guy that, that, to Darren, and that can still find the common ground even if he doesn't share the same views as the band. A lot of people are out there that feel the same way. Uh, you know, I, I called it the Pearl Jam Civil War back a couple of years ago when the bathroom band happened and they wouldn't play North Carolina. Right. Uh, that really triggered the whole Civil War. Um, but they're out there, and, I, you know, I, and, there's still people to this day that say, "Why is the band writing political songs and making political posters and blah blah blah?" I can't believe they do this. I'm like, dude, Ver- Versus was half a political album. Glorified G WMA, uh, they're political songs, and even to this day, like rearview mirror, daughter, that's about you know child abuse or spousal abuse. It, it's all relative to what's going on. So like they, and Eddie writing pro choice on his arm as well. They've been in it from the beginning. This isn't just like, you know,
2: no, it's nothing new. Like
1: if nickel, if Nickelback just chose a side, <laughs>
3: Nickelback
2: is Canadian. They have
3: virtually nothing to complain about.
2: That's also true. Everybody else has <laughs> something to complain about. Nickelback. Though. <laughs> yeah we'll have to post the video where Nickelback is covering uh, even flow when they were like in high school.
1: Oh my God. There's, there's no drums. There's
2: no drummer. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know if it's full of Nickelback. It's definitely Chad Kroger though.
2: So, oh no, I think it's, I think it's the, the, I think it's them. Others.
1: Yeah. yeah. Others. I don't know who they are, but they are others.
2: Chad Kroger and the Nickelbacks.
1: <laughs> they <just> change <laughs> their name to that. Better marketing. Uh, This is a public service announcement brought to you by Live on Four Legs podcast. Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs. 4 legs that's the number 4 liveonfourlegspodcast 4 legs podcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you want to miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know... Who you are? You know, we um, we didn't talk about Patreon at all. Real quick, without you know playing a recorded message, um, let's just mention Patreon. You know, we're still uh, you know, we 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 had a donation this past week from Bradley Piasecki, who's a good friend of ours. Um,
2: Bradley's an awesome dude. Came in at at our highest level on on Patreon, which is kick ass.
1: Yeah, and he's gonna be getting. Uh, to pick a show at some point, he's gonna uh, get a special exclusive shirt that we're still deciding on. Um, right, right. And
2: uh, Randy, if I can just for one second, just before we geez. wrap up here, is um, just want to let everybody know, you know, the uh, the October merchandise and stuff that's going to be shipping out this week. Yes you know we're on a learning curve here too so the next time we do something which will be for december i think we want to try to have everything up and open a lot further in advance and for a little bit longer so we could get your stuff out to you on time because we're still learning this and so just bear with us on that and i think uh people were wondering about uh, some of the the prizes and stuff that we have for patreon so go onto our patreon check out what we're giving away and also to let you know we were just focusing on the store merchandise first we're going to get that stuff out and then hopefully by early to mid november i'm going to be getting out the patreon stuff so that stuff will be shipping soon we just wanted to do one thing at a time don't worry we haven't forgotten about you everything's going out and you'll you'll get everything soon
1: and also if you uh if you even do the minimum of a dollar, we promise to send you an eight by 10 of stone Gossard signed by Steve Baiten. There you go. <laughs> Which is really just a Steve Baiten or a stone Gossard. It'll be
2: a copy of the picture of Steve with stone, but it'll, ah, but, yes. but Steve is gonna autograph it.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, hey, you... R- Randy, why do I have the feeling that a lot of people might actually want that? <laughs>
1: because people are <laughs> lunatics and i kind of want it so
2: i kind of want one uh, yeah
1: when,
3: when, when i signed steven maytan it actually kind of looks a little bit like stone gossard so
1: yeah perfect <laughs> Ooh, a little bit are you going as as steve gossard for
3: uh yeah i i go as i go as stone maytan pretty much every day so
1: yeah <laughs>
2: yeah he's in costume right now it's just his <laughs> life uh,
1: uh, so that 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 wraps things up um, this is coming out on November 2nd so if you're listening to it today Friday and you're in the New York area we're gonna it's gonna be Matt and I are gonna be there uh, Chris Buckley is gonna be there John is gonna be there this is like the live on four like street team is gonna be there hang out with us come enjoy last exit it's gonna be Patchogue. uh what's the venue called again
2: it's called 89 north
1: 89 north a, in Patchogue on long island so if you're in the new york area uh come swing by come hang out with us we'll just hang out we'll talk the band we'll listen to last exit which is a good good pearl jam tribute band and a cars tribute band and a nirvana tribute band it's gonna be a it's going to be a fun night, so uh, I, I ask you to come down, introduce yourselves to us, and um, yeah, be our friend. Um, yeah. Asking for friends, look at us, <laughs> like we have some sort of podcast or something where we can ask people
2: things. and And not look sad and pathetic.
1: Oh, I can still look sad and pathetic. <laughs> I think I just did.
2: No, when you have a podcast, it's, it's totally allowed. You know, if you're just somewhere and you're like, can you be my friend? That's, that's different.
1: A little bit. That's, that's kind of kindergarten, you know, (laughs) after, after 30 or so years, you lose that, that sort of awkwardness.
2: Yeah. Then you're an adult and it's creepy.
1: Yeah. So that's it. This, this is it for reading. and Steve, thanks for coming on again. This was uh, your second go around. Sorry. Yeah, we missed you Last week. But... Sorry
3: about it as well. And it uh, definitely great to have, uh, to be back. Thank you so much again for having me. Um, one, just the, the last thing I'll say is uh, kind of be, uh, would be remiss if we didn't say go out and vote on Tuesday. Um, oh yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to bring that back around. The whole point of tying this episode into this week is, is no matter what, no matter who, no matter wh- wh- what you're going to do, it's just exercise your right and go vote, please.
1: Yep. It, honestly, at this point, if you, you know, just, just trust the facts and go and read everything that you can and, you know, make sure you have the right information and, and you know, everything about your candidates. Cause it's really easy to hear one thing and get that in your mind. There's you know, uh, a candidate for governor here in, in Connecticut, and all he keeps saying is no taxes, no taxes, no taxes. But he has an A plus rating from from uh, the NRA. So, what's uh, what side, what side are you really choosing there? You know that I'm not. Look, I'm not. I didn't say his name, but that's that's just how I feel about the situation. And you know what, the guy that I'm voting for, I don't even, I don't really care for him. I don't really care for him that much. But you know what? just what I'm doing and it's just the environment it is. So anyway,
3: I was going to say check out um ballotpedia.org and uh vote411.org. Uh they both give you what your ballot will look like. Um so there's lots of uh, everybody of course knows, you know, their senators and go- and governors and things like that for the midterms. Uh hopefully you know your your representative, but a lot of people don't know like their attorney general and their um you know, their state senators and uh, even your school board can be uh, terribly important for your area. So um, if you check out those websites, they usually give you a pretty good uh, rundown of who's actually, you know, the, the total list of things that's on your, on your ballot as far as people, as well as um, ballot initiatives, like um, uh, I'm trying to think of it. There's one, there's a couple actually uh, in Connecticut and Randy, they're, they're driving, uh, gone right out of my head. But, um, you know, things like uh, approval for, um, budgets, lieutenant, lieutenant governors, Governor. one, well, but there's like a, a ballot initiative for um, I can't remember what it is, but uh, oh, for like uh, public public parks, are they going to be protected? You actually get to vote on whether you know the state is going to sell your public parks or not. So you know, find out which way you should vote on those things because people leave that stuff blank. So um, you know, if only you know ten me tell me ten million people in your state vote, and five million of those people leave that. Thing blank on your ballot, your vote now counts twice as much towards that thing as it does then, um, you know, to other uh, other things to vote on. So check all that stuff out, you know, know what you're voting on, and, and you know, educate yourself.
2: That's a good point. And Steve, uh, can you uh, can, can you just give those websites? Yeah, uh, uh,
3: the first one is vote411.org, uh, and then the second one is ballotpedia, like Wikipedia but ballot instead of wiki.org. Um, and you can, you can find your, uh, sample
1: ballots for your area.
2: Cool. And, uh, you know, like Pearl Jam, you might know where, where our, our,
1: it was pretty obvious
2: where we stand with this. So if, if there are, if there are people out there that listen to the podcast that feel differently, that's fine. We all have something in common and we'll, we'll keep that common view and, uh, we love to talk to you about about the band and about music in general. So we don't mind keeping politics out of it altogether. But go out and vote. Maybe we could get some kind of um, some kind of blue wave going. A big wave. A big. Oh, blue wave.
3: there it is. There We've is. been waiting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I
1: have to say you can't really reference it when it's from two years before <laughs> that the album came out.
2: Dead wrong. <laughs> well,
1: it was a good spot. I like it
2: go out and vote
1: <laughs> well said everybody um, do you know what we're doing next week Matt
2: when we were texting the other day I thought I knew and then you told me and I was close and then I forgot what it was again
1: we're going to the 90s
2: I knew that we got our we got our time machine up and running but uh I'm not sure where
1: traveling down south to Atlanta Georgia 1994 hot they,
2: Atlanta they call that hotland
1: they, they sure do I don't know if they called it that at the time but this is a this is the time where the Braves are the best team in baseball and
2: Chipper Jones uh,
1: wow. um, and yeah this was a, a show that was uh, broadcast on the radio we're gonna learn more about it from our special guest and like I said before all the things that you can get from patreon one is you can come on the show and talk about your favorite show. And we're having our first patron on the show, John Ferrar. We're really excited. He's really excited to be on and talk to us. He said two things. He said, no stats, which, get out of here. Yes, <laughs> we're talking about stats. If we <laughs> have to talk about stats, there's not much to talk about in that one. But uh, And he said, no slow burns, which there isn't. So, yeah, I think we're in good shape. Atlanta, I think it's night two, uh, April 94. It's one of getting close down to uh one of the last shows dave ever played with the band so that's where we are all right the end is here i'm here not much longer and uh we hope you have a great time and, and go out and vote and thanks again to our fifth and sixth leg uh stone maytan uh for joining us tonight and uh Until next time, I miss you already. I miss you always. I miss you all day. Go out and vote, and we'll see you next week.
2: Bye.